This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Previously on Homestale Radio. Steve, uh, Steve sort of basically has always said um, that that you know he learned a lot from working with Dougie and that sort of things, and he's probably learned an awful lot from each manager he's worked. Ring him up and ask him. Mate. Yeah, maybe we'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's In- do that right now. <laughs> what are we talking about? I wonder who this can be. <laughs> do you, Chris Tarrant? <laughs> Hi, Steve. Hello. Oh, there you go. We've got yeah, Shaman, haven't we, special? I don't know, yeah. You've got the cowbell ready. Um, yeah, do you know what? I'm terrified of that show. The last year's was... It was good in the sense that it went on quite a long time and none of us died. But... <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, I very nearly died from three and a half hours of broadcasting on transfer deadline day. And then you lot taking a mick and playing cowbells in my head didn't really help. I know where I was afterwards for about six hours. For all our contact information and to send us an email, visit holradio.net forward slash contact. charge of the club before Neil Warnock's appointment. After that, we'll be attempting to round up all of the Palace rumours and respond to any confirmed incoming or outgoing deals. <laughs> Murray. Uh, <clears throat> just, just before the hour mark, we'll be joined... Uh, just before the hour mark, we'll be joined by fans' favourite Barry Bannon to chat about his career, the new boss, his hopes for the season, and of course his own experience of transfer deadline day. Selfish joined us from Villa. 
Uh, later in the show, we'll be reviewing the amazing 3-3 draw with Newcastle, where the returning Wilfred Zaha stole the headlines by earning the Eagles a deserved point. We'll chat with journalist and Palace fan Dom Fifield for an update from the press. We'll then close out the show by keeping you up to date on all the confirmed deals and giving our thoughts on what they mean for the club. Our fingers crossed we might be able to grab a word with the club official about the business stuff. First up, it's News in Brief. News from around Selhurst Park. This is News in Brave. Tickets for the Home League Cup tie against Newcastle United have now gone on sale. Adults £15, concessions for £10. The Arthur Waite stand will not be open to home supporters. The Crystal Palace under 21 side will take on Sheffield United at Selhurst Park tomorrow. Game kicks off at 7pm and tickets are priced at just £5 for adults and £1 for under-18s if you book today, Monday. Or £8 for adults and £1 for under-18s if purchased on the day of the game. Thanks, Mark. Sky Sports have asked us to ensure they are all aware that Man United have signed Radamel Falcao to aid their battle against relegation. All the other news is nowhere near as important as this and we can only apologise for not telling you sooner. Be sure to register your copy of Sam. <laughs> Did you hear that? Did you hear <laughs> yes. that? Don't, wherever you do at home, do not register your copy of Sam. I apologize, <laughs> apologize for, that, for that message that came through there. <laughs> uh, if you do want to get in touch with us today, uh, we'll be taking calls a little bit later on on 0208 1234098. Just hold fire for the moment. We'll tweet when we're ready, but probably around half past eight for that. Uh, we've got a few things to do first. If you want to tweet us, it's at HOL Radio. Go to Facebook, facebook.com forward slash HOL radio. Or you can send us an email type of thing at holradio.net forward slash contact. Um, just another warning for you listening as well. At some points during the show, you may hear like a loud buzzing noise and the sound of me visibly in pain. Um, and that is because I'm on a, a blood pressure monitor today, which I my doctor's chosen a spectacular day to pick, hasn't he? Um, Really going to be good. But when you do hear that, I, I will give you my blood pressure reading off the machine just to keep you updated on how it's all going. That might be close to how many players that we've signed the reading. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's quite a good scientific experiment, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. All right, look, um, so first port of call, really. I mean, I do want to quickly mention the things that are, are supposedly are done, which we'll talk about in a bit more detail. We've waiting official confirmation on the signing of Zeki Fryers and James McArthur, but they seem to be the two that are are pretty much there and uh, and just literally just waiting on the official announcement for. Uh, and we've just obviously all heard the news that uh, Glenn Murray is quite likely to be joining Reading, that he's there having a medical at the moment. We all hope that that doesn't work and he comes back and this remains a Palace player. But there you go. <clears throat> um, so, yeah, before we, uh, before we go and talk about any of those transfer detail, uh, deals and you know round up the rumours and what have you, just want to have a quick look back to the, the Walsall game. Um, it seems like a lifetime ago now, doesn't it? Um, three 0 win, and it had to turn out to be last, uh, last game in charge for Keith Millen, and we'll talk about what that means in a while. But obviously, the, the lineup itself—it um, was an interesting change, and one of the things I want to talk about is people's reaction to that change in lineup at the time. But um, it was Hennessy started in goal. Uh, Jerome Williams got his first uh, action of, of the season, playing at left back. Uh, Mariapa was in at right back. Think. Yes, and you had uh, McCarthy and Delaney at centre-backs. Uh, Adelaine Gediora was in centre midfield. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. We had Barry Bannon as well. Uh, Thomas was out on the wing. Uh, Johnny Williams played out wide as well. Uh, Glenn Murray and Dwight Gale started. 
So that, I think that's everyone. Uh, we had Garvin come off the bench, and also Jake Gray uh, made his, his first team competitive debut as well, which was lovely to see. Uh, Hangland also replaced Delaney at half time. So that was the that was the lineup. And just to talk the, the initial reaction on Twitter, because obviously we'd had the defeat against um, against Arsenal. Um, and people were a bit down on what was going on at the club, understandably at the time, no manager, um, and we'd lost, lost to West Ham as well. Um, and, and things were a bit negative, and a lot of people were very critical of that lineup, Alex, in that they were saying, you know, you've got to go out and put the strongest possible lineup to get the team in, in the winning frame of mind. Uh, I was glad to see it myself. What did you think? Yeah, I, I put that it, it was quite an interesting lineup. Obviously, to see Barry Bannon and Johnny Williams in most teams, I think made most people um, quiver at the hips. I might say um, it was it, it was a fantastic lineup to see, and and ultimately, then the day we're very early on in the season, so you can understand that people want unity and, and players playing together. But they've done that for the last couple of years. We've got a pretty solid side from the last couple of years. Now, it's, it's good to experiment and see different players. You know, trying to trying to prove themselves. Guidiour, I know, had a fantastic game. Was very unlucky to miss out in the week. Mariapa played very well and found himself in the lineup. Good to see Jerome Williams getting time. And I think that's the that's the main thing at this time of the season. We will need these players later on this season. So if you can get them game time and get them fit and raring to go, they'll be used 100. percent Yeah, similar feeling. Similar feeling. Barney was useful to uh, to get these players some game time. Well, I can agree more with what Alex is saying. You know, um, I think. I think people who come out and say, um, you know, that you've got to play your strongest teams in in uh, in these competitions at this level, um, are not seeing the bigger picture. What, why bother putting an extra strain when you've got an away game at St James's Park, which is not an easy place to go? I don't think at this level, yes, confidence is key, but I don't think a win over uh, Warsaw is going to going to necessarily give you that that massive jump what I think it did do I think whatever team you put out it doesn't give that particular set of bunch of players a particular bit of confidence I think it gives the whole club a lift and I think you know that that's what's more important you know it's a bit like the effect of when a new manager comes in um, as, as we've seen which I'm sure we'll talk about a bit later on but it, it's it's not about an individual team it's about the club and when the club sees that a certain bunch of players are going out and giving you know giving a result like that it instills confidence. It's nice to see, you know, that maybe having people like Gailey and Murray on the pitch where they're not having so much pressure from the defenders and to give them a bit more time on the ball, I think, just gives them a bit more confidence in maybe trying out a few new things and, yeah. and going into into playing in the in the Premier League. Yeah, I mean, I think it's fair to say that without picking that line-up, you know, Dwight Gale might well have not started against, against Newcastle. Is that your feeling, Mark? Um, yeah, well, I agree with... You know, all of you really, you know, Barney, Alex and yourself in in a lot of points. And, uh, you know, you've got to give these guys a chance. And and I think it's, it is all about confidence. And, and you know, we kept a clean sheet. Obviously, Gail got a great hat-trick. And, um, and under the circumstances with what had happened in the... In the you know, previous few days, I think it was a good performance. Yeah, what did you think of, of Gail's hat trick then? I mean, what did I think, think of it? Yeah, I mean, obviously you were delighted. I just think, I just, it, it just, I mean, he's just a natural goal scorer, a natural finisher, and, and, uh, but there's more to his game than just tapping the ball in from six yards, and I think he showed that against Walsall, and obviously, um, we're going to talk about it later, but, but uh, yeah, Newcastle as well. Yeah, no, it was superb, and 
Barney, you've talked about he reminded you of someone in particular. Yeah, it was interesting. I was watching. Um, I was. I was actually not watching. I was reading an interview with with Ian Wright the other day, and he he was saying that he finds it very hard to believe that there's so many strikers that you know just don't appear to actually love scoring like he used to. He, he describes when he was on the field and the players around him would talk about Wrighty as being someone you just love giving the ball and, and Wrighty would be fighting to... He just loves scoring. And I just see that with Gailey at the moment. You know, he just, he just absolutely loves putting the ball in the back of the net. And I think, you know, when you've got a player like that on the pitch, you know, if, if he can develop his game the way that he's going and, and keep going as he is, you know, you look at look at the signings today, you know, they're just such... They just seem a very rare breed at the moment in in the league whatever league is to find that very natural goal scorer that just absolutely just loves putting their foot through it and just enjoys putting the ball in the back of the net and I, he, he just really reminds me of a, a very young Ian Wright um, when he first started out just had a huge smile on his face and you just think good on your kid you know just go, just forget about all the ball the, the, uh, the BS that might come with your future but just enjoy now OK uh, sorry quickly Mark one no, I just think, um, no, I, I was just going to, um, he's just stole my thunder, really, just now. It's not, it's not um, a problem. <laughs> Fair No, look, I, I do think that, um, I do think, uh, he reminds me a little bit of Defoe as well, um, funnily enough, he was a player that we were linked with earlier today, I can't really see that one happening, but um, and in the, it's just the way he strikes the ball from outside the area as well, we saw it, I mean, the first time we really properly saw it was against Villa. Uh, fantastic strike that was! It really, really, really good. Um, straight in the corner, beautiful strike. You know, and, and that sort of a thing. I've not really seen that from a from a forward for quite a long time. Um, yeah, it's hard not to get carried away with Dwight Gale. We can't. We kind of a lot of us uh, on the show were sort of were saying that. Um, so I'm just. I'm getting messages all the time. That's why I'm sounding distracted. Apparently, Troy can be back on. Mm. Yeah, there's reports from uh, BBC Five Live that uh, Zeki Fryer's deal is set to fall through. Oh really? Oh, that's the that, five. That would that would be a very surprising turn of events, wouldn't it, Alex? No, not really. Um, <laughs> no. We this seem to be here every bloody year. Yeah. <laughs> but it's say, against say QPR, it. isn't he? That's it. <laughs> Everyone's fair to keep it. Yeah, exactly. I was just going to say about Gailey, I just think um, uh, when we paid, what, six million odd, I know it's debatable exactly how much we paid, but everyone sort of raised their eyebrows. But when you think McCormack went for 11, and I just think he's he's a bargain and he's so young and there's so much more to come from him. I I just think he's a tremendous player and uh, he's he's just proving it, you know, he's developing. You call, you call him a bargain there. Obviously, when we were bought, everyone was saying we had our pants pulled down for that kind of a fee. Peterborough have been doing it to loads of people, blah, 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 blah. But it's funny, you, you, you try and pick out someone you could get of you know of a relatively young age who, who's capable of scoring gold in the way that he is. And, you know, you have to pay that sort of... Well, more than that now. You know, it, it's ridiculous. Sort Seems of some, still, some, doesn't it, what, what we paid for him now? does now. But, I mean, it's interesting to notice that uh, Steve Parrish talked about the fact that we're for fee we've agreed for for James MacArthur was actually still less than what we paid for Dwight Gale and that Dwight Gale is still the, the club record signing if that deal goes through so um, we'll try and keep up to date on what's going on I've got various different people listening into all different sources trying to keep us up to date but you the listeners can play a part in that as well if you hear anything that has changed while we're on air obviously you might be in a better position to tell us than than uh, than anyone else so do let and us know and us morons 
Yeah, I wasn't going to call us morons, Alex, but I, you know, I think that's probably only fair, isn't it? Yeah. Um, well. The next bit I wanted to talk to you about, and this is a bit of a dodgy area, and it's something I bring up occasionally, but I've noticed it on the the message boards as well. Um, Hennessy comes into the side and um, keeps a clean sheet, keeps really, really well, made a couple of really good saves because you know we didn't have it all our own way against Walsall. There, they had some pretty strong attacks at times. You know, they're a young side who. Very enthusiastic, and, and every now and then broke through our defence. And you know, Hennessy, when called upon, did well. And compare that to—I mean, would you say? Let, let's start with you, Alex. Would you say that uh, that Julian has started the season in the same form he finished it in last year? Well, I don't think I could sit there and say he could have done any better on on the goals that he's conceded. It just—it's just the same old rubbish for me, honestly. People just. Why, unless you can give me a really good reason why we should drop Julian Sproni, then then fantastic. However good form that Hennessy's in, Sproni's been in the same form for the last ten years or however long he's been at Palace. We, uh, it's just mad for me to even to even consider it for the moment. If he makes if he makes five six mistakes over the next ten games, then absolutely, no. But no player's guaranteed a place in the team. But you don't just you don't just drop someone if they're playing well enough. They'd be like us dropping Jednak if he. Is playing really well. It's just it, it's beyond me why you drop someone if they're playing really well. Hennessy has great potential and he's got ten years of Crystal Palace ahead of him if he wants it. So what's the rush to bring him in now for me? Yeah, I understand understand what you're saying, but um, I mean obviously at some point you you want your keeper if your keep if your backup keeper if you like is performing well you you want to also try to reward that otherwise you'll end up losing him. So I don't know. I'm not. I'm personally not in any rush to replace Julian. He's a brilliant brilliant goalkeeper who's given so many years of service to the club but I'm always aware as we talked about last season that at some stage that has to happen that will happen he will not you know but and I don't, it, it seems weird to say you almost you'd wait you're waiting for that mistake but and but you shouldn't really be that way for for a player like him but I don't know it's going to be an interesting transition when it happens and I think it's going to be a question that does keep coming up on the message boards every time you know we concede a few goals and every time you, you sort of you know, and it, and it will be fed by the uh, performance of Wayne Hennessy. If he features in the cup, then you know he's gonna there's gonna be calls for him to take over. What do you think, Mark? Well, I think Jules is like a fine wine, and he's maturing with age. That's what I think. And I am not talking about the Walsall game, uh, but I just briefly say I thought his handling at Newcastle was absolutely superb. We must. I can't remember how many corners we conceded and how many crosses he came and collected. And uh, I just thought, you know, since George Wood has come in as goalkeeping coach, I think uh, his, 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 that aspect of his game has developed superbly. And, uh, and, I th- and he, he didn't have a chance with the goals, and, uh, uh, but the rest of his game I thought was superb. OK. Any, any views on that, Barney? Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I, think, I think goalkeepers are very different. I don't think you can really compare them to any other position on the pitch. I, I don't see the relevance in swapping someone out just for the sake of doing it, just to give someone experience. I think the weaker teams in any league are the ones that chop and change their goalkeepers. You you build a team from the back, in, in my view. Um, you know, the time when Jules decides to go is the time then when you know when Hennessy will step in, and I would expect you know being a professional goalkeeper that he is, a Premier League club. You you know you unfortunately with goalkeepers you every club goes through that period of a change with a goalkeeper. The whole idea is is you get the right one at the beginning so that you can stick with them for a very very long time. You yeah. know, very hard position to find. And so why bother 
you know, why bother changing it until it needs to be done? Great, stick him in the cup games, get him that little bit of experience, and mm. you know, I just, it's up to the player as well. So yeah, I just don't think. I just don't think he's going to hang around forever. That's the only thing, and I'm not saying that he's definitely the one to take over from Julian or anything like that. <coughs> Excuse me. I just think it's going to be one of those things that will will every, every literally every mistake, every little to- every bit where someone thinks, oh, should he come out and claim that? Could he have got to that? But you can't. Uh, I mean, you, Chris, you can't. You know, I mean, yeah, you, I don't think. I don't think. I don't think Palace fans or I, don't, I hope that we're not thinking at that stage at the moment. The problem is goalkeepers make mistakes. The, the thing is with a goalkeeper, it's going to be more obvious in any side, any any area of the pitch because the consequences are far greater. Look at the problems at Man City. They have got a, they've got fine goalkeepers there, but they need none of them have got confidence because they're not getting the game sufficient game time to make those mistakes and, and coming in and their manager saying, do you know what? You just had a bad day at the office. And we right. can't, you know, I don't feel that's, that's, that's not us. Let's not go down that route. All right, Alex, what's coming in on the tweets? Uh, lots of people were pleased by the, the thoughts of having Zeki Fryers and James MacArthur, but obviously the Zeki deal seems to be hitting the train tracks. Uh, Ze- uh, Carl Mortimer said Zeki is exactly what we need, very versatile too. MacArthur should slot straight in alongside Jednak beautifully, so people forgetting about Joe Ledley perhaps, maybe. Uh, mm-hmm. John Wheat says very good, very good indeed. Uh, we've got Gary who says solid signings, but why the long wait as ever? And we've actually got um, Nick who tweeted saying, Mrs. Gussett asked why Russell Brand is on Homestar Radio, and then I explained it was Alex. So I was just wondering, Nick, why on earth your wife thought I sound like Russell Brand? No, I mean, how can they possibly say anything like that? Off you go. Is there any more? <laughs> Perhaps she meant you look like him. <laughs> uh, thanks, Mark. A really good thing to say on radio, that. Um, no, uh, most, so people, just... most people coming in on the Hennessy and... Uh, Speroni debate. Obviously, as expected, most people took the side of Speroni, apart from one man here, awesome underscore D, who says that he agrees Hennessy deserves his chance. I also noticed that Stuart Stosbury said that you could argue Speroni was at fault for all three goals Saturday. Well, we'll talk about the, uh, the Newcastle game a little bit later on and see if anyone comes to that conclusion as well. Um, a few more tweets coming on that, which we may revisit in a little while. But, uh, okay, last little bit on the Walsall game before we move on get stuck into these transfer rumours. Um, it was Keith Millen's last game in charge. And I just want to take a moment to discuss the importance of Keith Millen's stead- stead- steadying. Wow, that's really difficult to say. It shouldn't be. Keith Millen steadying the ship. There you go. That's fine now. Um, <laughs> and uh, also what his future at Palace is. We did ask Steve Parrish that the other day. And um, I think obviously he did suggest it was, it was going to be down to Neil Warnock to decide that. But... Um, but you know he's under contract for the rest of the season, and and he's gonna he's there to help out the new manager. He, he knows the players, uh, you know, knows how to make them tick. And as uh, I think it was said that uh, by one of the players the other day that that Keith Millen and uh, Ben Garner took the, took the training as normal, uh, if you like, under Neil Warnock. So that, that's looking positive that we hang around. But what what impact he's had as as you know that steady hand on the tiller kind of thing, um, you know, proper Palace man as well. What do you think, Barney? Yeah, I mean, he, he is that Palace man, isn't he? And, and um, you know, from the interview the other day, you know, it's very clear that Steve Parrish knows he's got a real asset within Keith Millen. He's someone who understands the youth system. He understands the area. He he understands 
you know, the, the way that Palace are and, and what this club is about and, and where it fits in the community. It's re- really important stuff that you, you can't actually buy in with, with any size of a checkbook and, and stuff that will, that will keep Palace in the position they are because the big clubs can't compete with us in that area because they haven't got that, that backbone of history and, and real commitment within their, within their, their, their staff. And, you know, it, it's what Keith will always, I'm sure, have a part in this club. And you know, Neil Warnock's not a daft bloke. You know, he he realizes that Keith's Keith's an asset. And you know, uh, and what, you know, what a great, what a you know, I'm not going to sort of you know blow smoke up his ass or anything like that. But you know, he, he's just he's just a solid bloke who's actually really good at his job and and, and just gets and just gets the club. Yeah. Totally. Um, I'm just thinking, uh, Mark, you've said similarly yourself, so I'm not going to ask you to, to, to repeat what Barney's been saying, but you also made the point that um, he's, a, he's a, obviously a very, very good coach, but what's your view on his uh, ability as a manager? Obviously turned down for the manager's job again. Um, didn't really want uh, it last yeah. time, but did express that he kind of wanted it this time. Yeah, I think he's, a, he's obviously an ambitious guy, but uh, I just think that he makes an excellent coach but he doesn't have the managerial nous really to be a number one. I don't think, you know, on the touchline, you know, on match day, he he is the right guy to be in charge. I think uh, that's where well, Warnock, can I ask, Warnock yeah, can I ask earns his money. That, I just, well, I just because people, I think because people said to me that he he would just sat, he stood there with his arms crossed against West Ham, and that was the reason we lost the game. And no, it just slightly no, embarrasses me that no. people think we need someone like Walnut to come and scream at everyone to to make us win a game of football. That's no, well, well, I think that uh, well, that's a fair point. But I mean, I don't happen to agree with it. I think you need someone strong like Warnock to get his point across, and I, and he's. He's almost like too nice, Keith Millen. Do you know what I mean? Too nice well, to be a number one. That we don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm not at the training ground. I, I don't see what goes on in training. But he's obviously well respected by the other players, which is really, really vital to keep the unit together. And um, yeah, as uh, the boys have said, he likes to play uh, the younger players and the youth, uh, give them a chance. And um, and I just think that. Uh, Tactically, I just don't think he's up there with someone like with with Neil. But I mean, I just think he is. You know, the the club is developing with Keith Millen in the coaching area on the training ground, not on match day. You know, that's my yeah, that's, that's just fine. my own view on it. Yeah. Producer Tom uh, is today, not producer Mike, is as normal. Um, is chipped in and said that Jurgen Klopp's a nice guy and is not not exactly doing badly. Alex, we talked before about it potentially being an, an issue with the transition from assistant to uh, you know to to the guy in charge. Do you think it's more that? Yeah, yeah, I'll second that again. It was it. It's so hard to change because as a role as of assistant manager, your role is to be that middleman between the manager um, and the players. So if if I'm a player and I've got an issue and I'm not sure if I want to talk to the manager about it. That assistant manager's there that I can go and, and go and talk to and talk sense to, and he'll put his arm around me and he'll keep me motivated and things like that. Then to be that man that has to lead and be strong, and then he's not what he was before. I think that must be quite difficult. And you often see it that when players do do uh, when managers do make that transition from assistant to manager, I can't really think of many examples where it's worked really, really well. There's obviously there'll obviously be some. I'm sure you'll be able to tell me some, but I don't think I've ever seen any that have worked fantastically um, well. It's the the sort of the ones that do tend to work tend to be the one where 
um, the, the assistants had quite a big hand in helping like a younger manager, if you like. If you think of uh, when Rosa left Brentford, I actually annoyingly can't remember the guy's name you took Mark over. Mark Warburton. There you go, Mark Warburton. Now, I think he, wasn't he, was, a, he was an assistant, though. Was he not? He, yeah, was, he, was, like a, he, he was like a technical director or oh, some go. rubbish. Like, but I know what you mean, like a director of football kind of influence as such. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's, it's very difficult to... Um, it's very difficult to, like you say, to the, the assistants there to be the power to the players to. Yeah, because you, know, you, be you have to. You have to. It's a change of role, isn't it? Completely. And if you see that change of role, then you know. Think about it in a classroom. If you've got a teaching assistant and a teacher, you've always you're always really close with that teaching assistant. And then if they turn into the teacher, are you going to show them that same respect? You're not just going to stop the yeah. way you were with them. Well, mate, we you, didn't all go to public school. Teacher <laughs> assistants. Lucky <laughs> <laughs> to, to get a teacher where I was. Uh, uh, <laughs> to, Chris, I'm not gonna lie. I thought you'd be the type of person with a teaching assistant. <laughs> Charming. Uh, just so just to let you know, the buzzing sound you can now hear is the blood pressure monitor. I'll be keeping you up to date throughout the show today with the uh, the measure of my blood pressure. And anyone who knows anything about blood pressure, when I give you the reading, you'll know I'm in quite a lot of trouble. Um, <laughs> it's, but, it's the nurse. It's the nurse. Nice. And we're all gonna laugh about it. <laughs> the uh, the nurse, unfortunately, Mark was in very unpleasant indeed. Uh, she had a better beer than I have. Um, which is deeply disturbing uh, in a number of ways. Wow, that's impressive. One, se- oh, I'm not even reading that out. I'm not reading that out. <laughs> One hundred seventy-eight over one hundred seven. I'm actually- the amount that we spent that- on James MacArthur. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's disgusting. Honestly. Um. Anyway, we've got an interview fact. with Barry Bannon coming up very, very shortly indeed. But before we do that. We're going to have a little chat now. Now we've got Walsall out of the way and we've talked about how much we love Keith Millen. Um, we're going to talk about the, the rumours doing the rounds. As I mentioned at the top of the show, it was very early on as we, as we started. Fryers and MacArthur, we just thought they were just ready there to be confirmed. Maybe a hitch in the Friars deal now. We might have to be going back for, for Traore from QPR. Not sure what's going there. MacArthur, the longer it doesn't get confirmed, the more worried people will be. But I believe he was still actually at the club. Um, an interesting rumour earlier on, guys. Uh, AJ and Florin Maluda were due to play in a practice match. Neil Warnock said he would quite be, apparently said he wanted to have a look at them in a practice game. That game was cancelled. We don't really know why. But um, well, Alex, I'll start with you. AJ. Um, yeah, he's a nice guy, good player. But maybe five years ago, uh, yeah, it's it's we're living in the, we're living in the past, aren't we? Unfortunately, with that one, it's uh, it's not a it's not a viable option. I've, um, oh, hang on a sec. What's going on here? Oh, <laughs> damn it. Sorry. <laughs> Ignore me. Um, all right. AJ was rumoured again last window, wasn't he? Of course. But um, And it was done, basically. It was done. It was done and it fell through because of QPR uh, making some changes. Harry, Harry, say. Harry. Um, I, I think we're going to try and get Mark Ritson onto the... Uh, Onto the show who's down there at the training ground now. I'm just trying to work out what people are trying to tell me. He's so, just said that the Friars deal is still on. He's been the Friars deal is still on. Um, I'll, uh, I'll see what we can do. I'll, I'll get Ben. Ben's got flu today. He's supposed to be on the show, but um, we're going to try and uh, try and get, get him on the uh, on the phone in a little while and find out what Mark's got going on down at the training ground there for us. Uh, as soon as as soon as I know, um, I will uh, I will let you know. Uh, but before we do that, before we get into that, I just want to have a quick... We did mention Flora Maluda as well. Um, you remember him from Chelsea, Mark? I do indeed, yeah. I didn't even know he was still playing football. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I, I, I thought he was uh, with his feet up with his slippers on. But uh, he's obviously, uh, he's obviously um, 
I don't. I don't. I don't believe it. I reckon that's a load of uh, bull. <laughs> okay. Well, that's pretty comprehensive. He, he, he's he's still playing. Was playing in Turkey last year. Um, you know, obviously at the height of his powers, it would have been an unthinkable signing. In fact, you know, not even that long ago, even at thirty-four, it'd be an unthinkable signing. I think. But um, you know, right now, well. I can't. I can't really see the, the the sense in it, and it's a bit of a worry if you're talking about losing players like like Glenn Murray out of the squad to to bring in people. I mean, I, I love AJ, but to bring him in at the expense of Murray would have been a confusing one. But to say it doesn't look like that's going to happen. But who knows? It might be there as a as a backup in case things go, you know, go bad for us and all the other striker fronts. Um, I want to talk about one more while um while I work out what I want to do. Um, okay, we're gonna uh, we're gonna. Cut away for a little break, and then when we come back, we may well be speaking to Mark Ritson. Are you having trouble getting a seat at Palace this year? Is actually being in the Premier League not giving you the same satisfaction as being Premier League ready? Are you fed up with actually succeeding rather than bottling out and falling at the last hurdle? Then why not get a season ticket for Brighton? Our waiting list of tickets has mysteriously disappeared, so now we have vacancies to fill our seats for 18 minutes of matching. You'll be the envy of all your friends who get to watch championship-level football and share all the gossip with fellow fans about the Premier League sides you actually support. We have theme days. Our locals still talk about the glory of our Spanish day. So everyone turned up dressed as Mexicans and held paella at each other. This year we'll be having a special Finnish day to not only celebrate the nationality of this season's manager, but also to imagine what it must be like to finish a promotion campaign successfully. Find Alma wearing a blue and white striped Chester's hat, a Wembley 2013 scarf, a Wembley 2014 scarf, an inflatable seagull, and a super absorbent clapper to not only ramp up the noise, but can also use it to hide behind and dry those inevitable tears. So come join us now at FFP compliant Brighton and Hove Albion. We have big attendances and smashing facilities. What more could you ask for? Oh, Steve, it's Chris on Homestar Radio. Right. You're right. Right. <laughs> Hi, Mark. Sorry about that. There was a... That's yeah, right. To experience the full glory of one of our jingles there. Um, thanks for joining That's us, right. mate. Appreciate you, appreciate you taking time. You, uh, well, no worries. Get straight in there. The Zeki Friars deal, you here is still on? It's still on as it stands, yeah. Um, it's obviously it's been here going on for quite a while all day. It's the same with um, the MacArthur deal. MacArthur's been here for at least seven hours. Um, but yeah, as it, as it stands, um, from what I know from Spurs, the deal is actually still on. Um, I don't know about any late bids at all, anything like that. Okay. Um, Tot- Tottenham Hotspur have just tweeted saying we've reached an agreement with Crystal Palace for the transfer of Zeki Fries. We wish him all the best, and we've just <laughs> confirmed it as well with a picture. Well, there you go. Oh, Mark. there you go. Oh, Crystal Palace go. are delighted um, to announce the signing of Zeki Fries. Hello, Chris is here. We'll have, we'll have a check and see if it came from Nutella or a lobster of any kind. Well, all, all, all the fans here at the uh, the bottom of the driveway, and they're going to be delighted that uh, it's, it's been announced officially. Yeah. What's it? What's it's it like? It's been deleted. Oh, is it? It's been, it's been deleted. Apparently, things are going crazy, Mark. What's it it's been, been like deleted? Wow. Um. Well, I'm I'm holding up still. How's it been for you guys? <laughs> I can't. I honestly can't look at it. I was just. It's yeah. unbelievable. Every time you, uh, you think something's done, it, it you know. Oh. oh, it's back now. It's back. Yeah. It's a new one now. Oh, yeah. oh, okay. It's back on. Yeah, it's done. <laughs> it's off and it's on. Yeah. It's done. <laughs> so, um, you, well, have you you've seen obviously you've seen Fries yourself. You've seen Arthur today, uh, MacArthur. I keep calling him Arthur because of the stupid singer. Um, yeah. <laughs> seen anyone? Uh, uh, that was, uh, 
no, that's it. Literally, um, as I tweeted earlier, Andre Moritz was down here. Um, couldn't believe my eyes when I first saw it, but I had a chat with uh, had a chat with Keith Millen um, yeah. straight away when he comes to the gate, and he said, no, 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 he's not one of the players we're looking at. He's just training with us for, for the time being. So um, that was, that got the that got the fans excited a bit, didn't it? But, um, <laughs> it did yeah, we tweeted. Uh, yeah. Uh, also, as well, um, you might have seen my tweet earlier about Marilyn Shamak. Uh, apparently, it's not as bad as they first feared. It could be two to three weeks out um, with a hamstring injury. So that's, that's not too bad, is it? That's pretty Bad positive, enough. yeah, yeah. Considering there's an international break in there, that's that's quite handy, yeah. Um, yeah, and of course. Um, so as well, just want, just want, just 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 to clarify the, um, yeah. the story on um, Florian Maluda um, mm. and AJ coming back. Apparently, that 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 wasn't true. That was just um, a couple of agents talking it up. Oh really? So, they're, 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 yeah, yeah. So uh, as far as I know, there, there's there's no there's no truth in that. But but from what I was told earlier today that. Apparently they were going to be doing a training match, and um, obviously one that wanted to take a look at that match was apparently cancelled. But convenient. Yeah, later that's, that's yeah that's been that's been confirmed. There's a load of rubbish. That's amazing. It's amazing how far they'll go. Yeah, <laughs> I mean obviously Flor Maluda back in the day was uh, well, you know fantastic, but I think he's a bit well perhaps he's a bit too old now. Yeah, definitely, mate. <laughs> um, okay, well, you expect. Well, what's the vibe coming from the from the club? Are you expecting to be pretty busy down there later on? Well, I mean, if you think back twelve months ago, Guardiola turned up at this time. AJ turned up at about half nine, ten o'clock. If, if Palace are going to get in a striker, which is what we believe, they're going to have to really hurry up because they need to get the paperwork done. It's all got to go through by eleven, um, even the medical as well. So, um, if anyone's going to turn up, it needs to be. I'd say in the latest another hour by half nine. Wow. Well, it's getting tense. Um, thank no, you so much for joining us, Mark. It, Appreciate it. No worries. Pleasure, yes, then. Bye, no worries. Bye. Bye. There you go. That was Mark Richardson from the Croydon Advertiser, and obviously all the stories that he's found today will would appear in, in the paper and on the website fairly soon. Um, there you go, guys. Uh, Friars is a done deal, I think. <laughs> a lot of confusion going on there. Um, so, Alex, can you confirm that there's now definitely a tweet that we've signed him? I can officially confirm that Zeki Fries <laughs> is a Crystal Palace player. Hello, Chris. Oh, right, and they're all complaining because his pitch is upside down. Well, you know, these things happen, don't they, when you're trying to rush outside, use of a signing. So that's a positive thing, isn't it? It's so I, I read it's three years as well. All yeah. right, there you go. Well, that's that's superb, isn't it? Um, and probably about 38 million, according to most people. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure we'll, uh, it'll be an undisclosed fee, won't it? But um, I, I've always, I just think one of the interesting things about signing him is that how long it's taken us to get a left back into the club when we let two go. Um it didn't take Neil Warnock long to to target these. I don't know how long that they'd been, um, you know, they'd been were there with the scouting department or anything like that, or whether they were things that he particularly, you know, players that he decided that he wanted. It's a bit of a you don't really know what went on exactly, but I mean, the entire pre-season, pretty clear we needed one, wasn't it? Well, it's probably because mm. the last manager was too busy about writing checks for himself rather than well, actually other well, players. Well, 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 so that's a personal opinion from Alex White. Any legal that was personal. Should, any legal action come to me. Yeah, and also it's allegedly, isn't it? Just wanted to Please sound say allegedly. Allegedly, allegedly, yes. But Tony, if you want to talk to me about it, we can do that. All right. Oh dear. <laughs> I might have to. 
we might have to remove Alex from the show for a minute, just wash him down. <laughs> oh dear. Um, I just wanted to okay. say on the Friars deal that um, uh, the the youngsters <laughs> only paid sixteen senior appearances in his. Yeah, footballing um, career, and I just you know when you were you talking to Mark Ritson and you yeah. were saying you know and and the conversation went about uh, well Warnock's you know obviously you know done his homework he, you know he, I don't think uh, anyone was aware that we were looking at Zeki Fryer's uh, but uh, when you actually look at his uh, footballing sort of background he's played at under 16 under 17 under 19 for England but he's actually only made 16 appearances in in a for you know first team appearances so I don't know if if it's one for the future if if he's going to go straight into the side at left back what do you think um I think I think he will I I do I think that we were looking at another player in the in Tyrone Mings I believe um to be a future centre-back slash left-back um that that was all. That was the rumor going around. I think Is that the Twitter picture with him looking really grumpy. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think. Um, I think. I think Fries is is one to go straight in there. Um, my gut feeling is it will see Ward go to right back. Um, it will see Kelly move to centre back alongside Dan, uh, and Hangland and Delaney will be uh, fighting to try and get back in that team. That's what I think. Um, not sure. That's if anyone's a very solid defence. It is, isn't it? He's got, I mean, Kelly's taken a bit of stick um, from a few as he's trying to settle in. I think. Um, but to me, the only problem I really, I've really had with him since he's been in the side is that at fullback he, he tends to drift a bit too narrow, and I think that's because he's naturally a centre back, and he, you know that's where he's, you know, and if we stick him there, I think he'll be superb alongside Dan. Uh, Fries is also an incredibly pacey player as well. Uh, he played against us, didn't he, for Man United in that game where Ambrose scored that goal? Uh, fell over a lot. If you YouTube it, it's it's pretty hilarious. He falls over running backwards and stands up, turns around and falls straight over again. I don't really know what the problem was, but um, yeah, good stuff. All right, well, there you go. Confirmed signing Zeki Fries uh, on a three-year deal. Um, finally, we've got a got a natural left back in there. Give us some pace, pace and width. So we're still waiting on MacArthur to be confirmed. The uh, AJ Maluda stuff has been confirmed as agent rubbish, uh, which is, well, not a surprise in a lot of ways, but... Um, I'm also actually very glad to hear it as well. Uh, but another rumour in was Kevin Doyle. And I don't know if that's... Again, you, you're talking about a rumour, so there's no nothing like confirmation about it. But how do you feel, Alex, if Kevin Doyle joined the club, either on loan or on a permanent deal, and Glenn Murray was to go to um, Reading? How did you know... How did I know you were going to ask me this first? Um, I think I most just, people. Let's just say now, before you answer that, why why would Joe Holyoke ring me on my mobile during the show? Sorry, carry on. I think most people who are listening now probably know my love for for a man called Glenn Murray. Um, I, I honestly, I I'm just distraught. I just it makes no sense whatsoever to sign probably quite frankly a League One standard striker to replace one who I genuinely believe can score goals in the Premier League given a chance, but. That's uh, that's Neil Warnock's prerogative. So, yeah, we'll see. If it happens, then then we'll comment. But until everything is signed and delivered, I'm very much hopeful that that Glenn can still stay at the club. Mm. If, I mean, if if that, if other teams can pull out of deals that late on after doing medicals, then so can we. So, Neil, I hope you're listening. Do what's <laughs> right. Okay. So, because um, it hasn't right. happened yet, I feel you're still just about keeping yourself together. Sorry, Mark. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. He's gonna have a breakdown, I think. It, it's, it's uh, I think uh, I don't think it was anything to do with um, with. Uh, I think it was a, a personal thing, you know, more than uh, not wanting to be at Palace anymore. I think uh, uh, it goes a bit deeper than just football, you know. Yeah. The move, the move of, uh, or the potential move of Glenn Murray, anyway. Well, for me, the, the bigger thing there was the, was the targeting. Uh, again, I, well, no, not the bigger thing. That's completely the wrong way of putting it. I'd be devastated if Murray leaves. Um, uh, if well, the only way I'd be sort of placated is if we got in a particularly good striker in in return, and you know, oh. Glenn, got, Glenn got to go and play football somewhere. Um, I don't really know. I don't really know what's available. Jermaine Defoe, I don't know. Well, he's, Some, he's someone, turned down all the deals to the Premier League yeah, and is staying in yeah. Toronto. Yeah, well, there so. you go. Well, it's not going to happen, is it? So I don't. I'd want. I'd want to see someone better than Murray. And I. I. I don't know. You can argue the case for potentially someone like Wood. I don't know anything about Bakambu. We've also targeted. I don't know a thing about him and how he plays. That's um, not a that deal. Yeah, no, I wouldn't have thought so. Anyway, and then obviously Connor Wickham was another one rumored. Is he? I don't know. Connor Wickham, I like, but it's, it's not going to happen. Parish Chris, said that it's they don't want to sell him, and we've been asking about him all summer. So, sorry, yeah. Chris, I just wanted to say, you know, I think I think you just brought up a really good point. You know, we don't. First of all, these rumours are true. You, you don't actually, you know, we, we haven't really considered the the personal aspect from Murray's point of view. He might actually be thinking, I want to play week in, week out. There's, you know, there there is that side to that. I think if you are, if you if you love playing football, which yeah. you know uh, he obviously does. Um, Sitting on the bench or what, uh, whatever club, whether it's the Premier League or not, it's just not an attractive. Um, it's just not an attractive offer to to a lot no, of players like no. him, like him. And he might actually be thinking, right, you know, I, I want to play week in week out. I can give a damn what the club is. I just want to play football. And there's a case to say he deserves the chance to play football. He's had a long road back from injury. Of course he does. Uh, and, and being a bench player for us, yes, he's in the Premier League and. There might be a situation where he gets a chance. For example, Shamak's injury might mean that Glenn comes in into that position. Absolutely, might, I think. Might, might thrive, but then again, he might not. And if he gets the chance to go and play every week for someone, particularly in the, um, you know, in in the Championship where he was so so, uh, so successful before, I think he'd probably enjoy his football a lot more. Um, yeah, I, you know, think, it does. Yeah, go. On. I, say, I think I think with Murray, I, I've just ever since that injury, you know that. That guy, I remember it clear as much, you know, really clear when he, when he went down against Brighton. You know, before that point, he was just so confident. Like I have to admit, I don't know if I've seen that that confidence um, since. And, and maybe that that's what it is. It's just game time. You know, maybe a preferable thing would be perhaps a loan option just to get that time on the ball. Well, the only time I really saw that confidence was was the Warsaw game. You know, and I think that's because he had time, and he didn't have the he didn't have the defenders on his back so much, and he he had that freedom just to be a little bit more creative. And and I think with strikers, it's, it is about confidence in knowing that you can put the ball in the back of the net, or as he was doing so well for Gailey, you know, setting that last pass up, setting yeah. that you know, getting that assist right. Go on, Alex. I don't know. I I just think that Glenn's always struck me as one of those people that never really seems to get bogged down, you know, he's bloody grumpy all the time, but he just, you know, even that season where he scored six goals, you know, he bounced back the next season to score 31, it's mm. not, it just, we saw glimpses of it, didn't we, that chest in the Liverpool game and, and yeah. some of the things that we've seen, he has the ability in this division, if you give him a run of 10-15 games, I truly believe he has as chances as most people to score goals in this division. Some of the chances you've seen us miss, some of the chances you've seen other teams miss, he would not miss. And and Play, for me, playing, that's playing that's devil's advocate. Playing devil's yeah. advocate. If it took him ten to fifteen games to get 
you know, to get to a point where he was fully up to this level, can we afford ten to fifteen games of a, you know, of a striker getting his finding his feet? And uh, unless you can give me a striker that we bring in that would take less time, then well, yes. I think personally, I, I think if in the squad we've got we've got Gale and Campbell, and I, I, at the moment I think they're better suited to the Premier League than Murray. And that's not just in the way that we're playing. I think but still as played, an impact player, Glenn Murray is extremely yeah, yeah. dangerous. If does he want that though? Does he want to be that impact player? Well, I don't know. I'm not too sure, and, and I'd be absolutely over the moon if we keep him. I, I am playing devil's advocate to a point because I don't want to see him go, but I think I said the word keeped. keeped. Maybe he'll fail a medical or something. <laughs> exactly, Mark. We can only hope, can't we? But um, yeah, I, again, there's no confirmation that that's, that's a definite done deal as far as I know. Do correct us if we say this, and it, it proves to be incorrect, and you know. Well, just don't tell Alex, basically. That's the main thing. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I just saw a ridiculous... This is picture. why you got me on this early, because you knew that the Murray wouldn't be confirmed within the next 15 minutes. So, is, if... yeah. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the main reason, yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, look, um, about five minutes' time, we're gonna, we'll have a chat with Barry Bannon, but um, there's a couple of things that I did want to mention, other targets, that sort of stuff. And Tom Cleverley was one that's been linked. Now, Tom Cleverley has been something of a figure of ridicule at Man United. Um, and I can't imagine we'd be we'd be getting him and MacArthur, uh, MacArthur. But that would that be potentially a backup? It'd be an awful lot of money as a backup option, wouldn't it, Alex? Yeah, it's not a cheap backup. Um, no, I, I think I think the fact that it's very well known that Tom Cleverley is looking to leave Manchester United, um, and it's just one of those things, isn't it? We're a club that's looking to sign four or five players on deadline day. It's very easy for a certain newspaper or a certain TV channel or whatever to just put two and two together and, and make it. it. We see it happen all the time. It's just part of the merry-go-round, isn't it, really? It is. Um, OK, Mark, your views on uh, on Tom Cleverley as a player, and then we'll come back to uh, to Alex in a little while for some tweets and things. Uh, not a fan, personally. Not a fan. No, all right. <laughs> no, I think you see. Uh, uh, would I just don't know where he would fit in the side. I don't see what he would would give us. You know, uh, you know, with the signing today and with people like Ledley and with the people play, players like Ward with the option to play centre mid. I don't really. He's just very. I don't know whether he just had a raw deal at Manchester. Or he's just crap. I don't know really what it is. I mean, he's managed to get in the England side. That's not hard. And um, <laughs> it, well, it certainly is for Joel Ward, but it's not for anybody yeah, yeah, else. Yeah. And um, uh, personally, I'm not fussed. All right. Um, as, uh, I, just, I just uh, I don't know what he'd bring to the team. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, I, I only said to sort of bring me in because I have to admit, I think, um, I think my feelings towards um, Man United's youth policy is probably very similar to Alex's feelings about Glenn Murray potentially leaving. It just winds me up that, you know, um, you know, again, another young British player just seems to be left adrift at supposedly one of the world's most respected clubs. I think it's just shame on Man United that, you know, this guy is reaching, what, 25 now? And, um, you know, I think. But mate, if he's not good enough, he's not good enough. Well, I, I think the point is, Alex, is that you know, I, I think you need to be given that time and that nurture, and, and different players develop in different ways. You know, Lionel Messi was written off at an early age, and someone gave him a chance. I don't think he's ever quite had that at Man United. You know, Tom Cleverley, in my in my view, um, you know, I think he's a, I think he'd be a good 
I think he'd be a good addition to any sort of mid mid Premier League squad. And I think mm. you know, I think it's it's interesting to say, oh well, he can't get into the Man United squad. Well, look at you know, supposedly they're meant to be one of the top teams in the league, you know. And I think a, a different approach, which Man United can't seem to grasp with young players, if they don't fit their mould, then they're just cast out. Well, it's I think like, one of the one of the problems with uh, that cleverly found at Man United, and again, you know. I don't think you'd ever get that coming through a club like Palace, and he certainly got plenty of support when he was a, a Wigan player on loan. Was that he got picked on as you know the the guy responsible for Man United's decline, which is ridiculous when you look at the situation they're now in. We can't can't really dwell too much. Now I want to go to Alex for some contacts, just on contact. Um, I've noticed that we got a stat in from uh, Alex Penge, who I think he's probably on the show later on. Um, <laughs> said after the signing of Fry as a Palace's backline now averages six foot two. Only one defender is under six foot in the squad, and that is Mariapa, who's five eleven. Which is uh, there you go, filling the filling the backline with some pretty uh, well, some giants really, even in the fullback positions. Uh, and there's some quotes of, on Ze- from Zeki Fries as well. He said, "I found out over the weekend from my agent that there was interest in our new Crystal Palace for the best club for me at this time of my career. I'm very excited to be here. It's a fresh start for me now. I can't wait to get out on the training pitch." And show what I could do. I've met Neil Warnock this morning, and we had a good chat about the game and things on and off the pitch. I'm really looking forward to working with such a great manager and getting to know my teammates. So, some uh, some good positive stuff there from the the new left back Zeki Fryers. Uh, contact Alex. We've got Colin. He says um, if I think if Glenn's had to go, I think it's a loan. He agrees with Barney and thinks a loan spell might be good for him to get some football and. And get back into the groove. Carl Mortimer says Marion Gale had the potential to be a fantastic top two, and the Liverpool game certainly showed that. Uh, Grant says that he's seen on Twitter somewhere that Murray's passed a medical, but we'll forget that very quickly. Um, John Nightingale says absolutely no to Kevin Doyle, and I think most Palace fans would agree about that. And Mark Timms has said maybe a French striker, medical not at Beckenham, but abroad. I don't know, I guess that's that. Bam, bam, whatever his name is. Bacambu. Bacambu, that's how you say it. But other than that, we've just got people on the, the Speroni and the, the Hennessy, and that's going either way. Uh, Wigan have confirmed that they've just signed a midfielder, so maybe that's going to close out it. the uh, MacArthur deal. We'll see. Yeah, Carl Eldridge just got, just got in touch Ex- with that. Right. Someone just tweeted saying, expect Glenn Murray announcement in the next 13, 30 minutes. So you're yeah. very lucky that I'm going off air in 10. <laughs> because I'm <laughs> about to go absolutely ballistic. But other than that, Twitter's going well. <laughs> you're right, Alex. I'm starting to wonder. Um, you're going to go, aren't you? Um, okay, look, it, it'll be fine. Gone. It'll be fine. But um, we're going we're gonna to take a, a break away from the talk of transfers. We'll come back to that in a moment. When we do come back, we'll be talking about the Newcastle game uh, in detail. And then we'll also be rounding up what's going on um, and hopefully a lot more to happen. I mean, we, you know, we're expecting a striker. We're expecting potentially another defender. We're expecting the confirmation of James MacArthur or a similar midfielder. So hopefully all that to come. But uh, before that, we'll have a chat with Barry Bannon. Thank you so much for joining us, Barry. Much appreciated. Um, it's been an eventful time since you joined the club, shall we say? Um, how's the first day been with the with the new gaffer? Um, yeah, it's been it's been good. He came in this morning and um, had a meeting and stuff with us, and just put across what he wants to install at the club, really. And I think um, it's important that the boys know what the, the gaffer wants and what we have to to do to give them. So it was it was good to find out. How he wants just to play stuff like that, so it was enjoyable, yeah. 
Oh, great. We'll talk more about sort of the present soon, but we also want to find out a bit more about how you got here, really. Uh, at the age of 14, you decided to leave Celtic's Youth Academy and you headed to, to Aston Villa. What made you take the choice to move south at such a young age? Um, I think it was more from my parents, really. Obviously, I was young and stuff, so yeah. it, I was really want to stay back home with my friends and stuff because I was just I was just getting to an age where I was starting to like grow up properly and that's the years where you want to be with your mates so it was not really forced upon us but my dad really pushed it through because he knew he loved football and watched it all his life he knew that coming down here it was a much better better chance for me of making a, a better living for myself and it was a better better standard of football as well so he was the one that really pushed it and um, I've not looked back since. No, it's allowed you to sort of focus more on your football, I suppose, than than anything else. Um, okay. Um, so I think so, yeah. I think so, yeah, because I think also was the fact that where I was brought up in Scotland, it was a rough area. So when you were when people were getting to the ages of fifteen and sixteen, like they were going off the rails. So my yeah. dad kind like got me away from all of that as well. So it was it was perfect. Well, it was the best decision I made. Okay, um, and as a result of that, obviously you're quite successful. Well, according to, to Wikipedia, you're uh, the Villa had, had, a, had a great sort of great run in uh, the reserves and youth team while you were there. But I mean, you started making your impression in the first team at sort of eighteen or nineteen. Do you still remember your debut? Yeah, my debut was from Martin O'Neill when I, we were in Europe. Um, I, I came on as a sub in Hamburg. That was my first ever appearance for Villa, the first team level, and then. Then next year for cup game I started against CSK Moscow over in Moscow, so it was um, it was unbelievable really at that age to be making a debut for it to be in a European competition was was brilliant. Yeah, I was going to say it must have been a, a really well a bit of a shock for you. Certainly the, the start over in in Moscow. Had you been on a, a trip away like that to play football at all before? No, just from. We just, no, I was breaking into Scotland at that time as well, like oh, the yeah. under-19s and stuff, so I probably had one or two trips really away with football, and for the next one to be going over to Moscow and playing against um, CSK Moscow in Europe, it was, it was unbelievable really, so it was all, it was like a dream come true at that time. Mm, yeah, you obviously made a couple of loan moves after that, the first one being to Derby County, and that was where you scored your first professional goal, do you remember that well? Yeah, I do. Yeah, it was my that was on my debut. We played Sheffield United away, I think, and um, I'd signed on the Friday, and we were travelling on the Friday, so it was all quick. I was subbing, came on at half time, and I scored in the second half. But um, that was under cough then, and I think we we just stayed up that year. We were fighting just to stay in the league, so it was yeah. it was something different. I was young, and I enjoyed it though because it was obviously playing in front of fill houses week in week out and it was it was something that I needed at that age yeah and, and you went on from there to, to Blackpool you you played first first time you sort of met uh, the, the former Palace manager Ian Holloway wasn't it what was was Ollie like at Blackpool was he any different to what he was like at Palace no he was pretty much the same he was brilliant obviously at Blackpool the the facilities and everything were, were terrible you had to wash your own kit and that but Ollie kind of he kind of got the lads to forget about that by the way he was around the training ground and stuff yeah. and I think the lads just bought an eight and the team spirit there was, was unbelievable and I think that's what got them promoted that year. It's um, 
uh, I know a few Blackpool fans now, and they're absolutely, you know, obviously shocked by what's going on there now. You know, barely got a team together and what have you. Are you not surprised that it's, that it's like that there? Was it, you know, with the facilities as bad as they are and what have you? Yeah, I thought obviously when we got promoted, it would have it would have changed after that year. But yeah. I know Matt, Matt Jilts and Charlie Adam and stuff when they were in the prem and they were saying they were still washing their own kits. So oh, I think that hard to believe, really. So <laughs> it, I think it was just a matter of time, and yeah. it's a shame, really, because the the support they've got there and, as well as the fans up there are really passionate about the football, and it would be brilliant if they could. The chairman could spend some of the money to do the training ground and all that up and attract some quality players. Mm, definitely. You mentioned there about getting promoted with Blackpool. Obviously, after after they won the playoffs, you returned to Villa and you played a fair number of games there. And obviously, Gerard Houllier was a big fan of yours. What was he like as a manager? Um, he was really good for me. He he brought in a philosophy that suited the way I like to play football. So I fitted in really straight away and I played a lot of games under Houllier. He was um, he was more about he just brought that kind of form approach to the to Villa where he wanted you to play football and play out from the back and stuff like that. So I enjoyed my time under him, but he got unfortunately he got ill halfway through the job and and he had to stop um, managing because he he was ill. So but he was brilliant when I was there when I was working under him. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, so I mean, after that, yeah, like you say, Julia did sort of sort of leave, and after that, you sort of uh, you had a little spell on loan at Leeds for, in 2011. But you, you were quite settled at Villa for a fair while. But was it sort of the lack of consistent first team games that made you sort of decide to leave when Palace came in for you? Yeah. Well, I spoke to the gaffer. We had a meeting at the end of the season at Villa when the season finished before I came to Palace, and. It was strange because at that season I was I played all the way up to Christmas. I was playing every game for the gaffer. And yeah. I thought that he, um, he, he really liked me. And then the second half of the season I never really featured. And then it kind of tailed off towards the second half of the season for whatever reason. And then towards uh, we had a meeting at the end of the season, and he just says that in my career now he would I want to be playing more. I want to be playing regular first team football and. He couldn't guarantee that, so when he said that, I kind of thought I would rather than sit and play half a season, I would rather go somewhere and try and play every game because I want to play every game. I'm just, I love football, so yeah. I just kind of thought that rather than sitting around and hoping to play maybe 10, 15 games a season, try and go somewhere where you could play a lot more, so it just yeah. ended up that it had stalled there and I had to move to kick, to kick on. Okay, we spoke about Ian Holloway before, he, obviously he got us promoted at Palace and it was a shame how it turned out for him in the Premier League but a lot was sort of made in, in the disruption of bringing in so many players at the same time obviously in, in that window we brought in, in 12 players yourself, one of them. As a new signing, was that something you were aware of? Lots of new players coming in? Um, I don't know if the boys were the boys that were already there were against it or whatever but I think it's only, it's only from my point of view I think back in Holloway office when you come up from the championship to the premiership you're going to have to, to buy players because it's very rarely that you'll get team coming up from the champs and that group of players doing as well as he done the league in the premiership so it was I think he had to make signings to strengthen the team anyway but yeah. maybe 12 was a bit too much but I didn't I didn't really get get anything from the boys thinking that 
he didn't like you know the amount of players that were coming in. I didn't get the main vibe of the boys, and I'm obviously still here. And I'm really friendly with all the with all the boys of the squad. So I don't know. I think there was that was just a, a rumor because I didn't really think that's the way it, the way it was like really. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you were a deadline day signing. What, what's that like as a as a player? You know, transfer deadline day. Obviously, you see sort of pictures of people sitting around watching Sky Sports News, and all of a sudden they have to get back and get in a car and go and join a new club. Was it was it like that at all for you, or did you find out a bit earlier? Um, well, I was. It was like that for me. It was probably worse because I was in Scotland. We had international duty. We went up on the Sunday. Yeah. So I was in Scotland over the weekend and I got a call Sunday I was watching I was watching some football on Sunday I don't know what game it was and I got a call saying you'll need to fly from Glasgow to Gatwick you've got your medical in morning at Paris so <laughs> wow. I had to phone Scotland up and say I couldn't because we were meeting that afternoon for dinner and stuff and meeting up yeah. before the game so I had to phone Scotland and I know that I was I was going down to sign for Paris and and stuff like that, and that was that was like strange for me because it was obviously the first time I'd left Villa. I'd never, obviously, I'd been on loans, but I'd never signed for another club. That was my yeah. first time doing it, so it was all strange. But on deadline day, it was pretty. It was pretty smooth when I got down here. It, it was faster than I thought, really, because there was loads of players, and then there was medicals and stuff like that. But I got mine done pretty quickly. I think it was probably five or six hours it took. Mm. Okay, it wasn't too bad. Nice one. Um, ben? Yeah, uh, obviously <laughs> the, the Palace fans took to you from, from day one, I think it's fair to say. And, you know, there's a few few songs regularly being sung in the crowd. We won't sing them to you now. But one of the, the best moments from last season for us was, was undoubtedly you scoring the winner against Hull. That was a, an amazing moment up at the KC. And, you know, obviously we went down to 10 men when, when Yannick got sent off. Was that a highlight of the season for you, scoring that goal? Yeah, definitely. I forgot. Up until that point, I kind of forgot what it was like to score a goal, so <laughs> it was getting to the point where I was, because coming through, all the way through Villa, I used to score regularly, so when I started playing for the first team, my mum and dad used to keep saying, when are you going to score, when are you going to score, when are you going to score, so when I scored that goal, it was, it was weird because I didn't really know what to do because it had been that long since I scored, but yeah, it was it was an unbelievable, it was an unbelievable moment. Um, Obviously, we're going through a tough time in that at that part of the season, and um, I think that really kicked us on. We kicked on from then onwards. Obviously, the gaffer came in at the right time as well. But I think yeah. from that result, it really gave the boys like a confidence boost that we belong in this league and we can we can we can compete against anyone in the league. Really, so that was a bit, that was a, a great day, and I'll remember that for. Yeah. there in the crowd as well so yeah saw you going completely mental as soon as it went in but we were all doing the same it was yeah brilliant brilliant moment um keith millen was in essentially in charge for that game and obviously he's, he's taken the, the last three games this season uh which you featured in two of them um perhaps well i would say you obviously didn't feature as much as you would have liked under tony pulis so did, did he give you any reasons for that i mean the fans have always been impressed every time you pulled on the the, the palace shirt so bit of a surprise for us um, not, not really a reason. Really, but there was only one time when we played. Uh, we played it. In, I think I don't know what game it was, but it was after the Villa away and then Man City away around the Boxing Day time where we played two games yeah, yeah. in three days, and I played both game games and I played well as well in both games. 
and then I think we had Norwich, and then I was supposed to be playing, but the weather overnight, like, I was in the team on the Friday when we'd done shape, and then on the Saturday, it was raining and the pitch was terrible, but stellar, so he just pulled me then before the game and said, I'm going to go with two strikers instead of playing me in the hole. There's okay. no reason you've been you've been brilliant, blah, blah, blah. And then from then onwards, I never, I never played again. I never kicked another ball, really. I just came on at Newcastle away, I think. Yeah. And that was, the, that was the only time after that game that I never played. So it really gave me a real reason that just from that game, I was meant to be playing against Norwich at home. But it's just that the pit didn't really suit the way that I yeah. played and that we were going to go a different way. So I was going to go with two strikers. And then after that game, I never, I never got back in. It's amazing to think just one little thing, one one bad bit of weather could can lose you your, your spot in the team. That's crazy. But um, I mean, on on yeah, it's strange. yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, I was about to ask another question. I've just realised Ben wants to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll ask. <laughs> um, yeah, against West Ham, the fans were obviously very upset to see you subbed, and, and there were a few sort of boos for, for that decision ringing around the ground. You're obviously having a, a great game there. You played out on the wing. What would you say is your preferred position to play in? Um, I couldn't. I couldn't really. I couldn't care less really. As long as I don't mind, as long as I'm playing playing football, I would play anywhere. But I think my favourite position would probably be probably in the middle with a free or something, or like playing in in with the free. But I don't mind playing wide right because when I go away with Scotland, that's where Strachan seems to play me. So I know how to play wide right as well, but. I would prefer to play in the middle, obviously, but a lot of managers won't put me in the middle in a two and just if they a three in there, it'll be, then maybe I could play in there, but I don't really mind as long as I'm, as long as I'm getting a game, I would play anywhere, but if I had to see, I would probably say I'd play in the middle of a three or something. Okay. Um... So, I mean, sort of, just to sort of finish this off, really, I mean, it has been a, a really tough time, the start of this season. Obviously, we all know the the, the players are really together and, and, you know, that kind of team spirit is the thing that's been getting you guys through. But it has been a hard start. And, and the last season, the squad finished the season in, in great shape. So, do you still, it's so, it's so early in the season, are you still ambitious for this season to, to either reach or better that performance? Yeah, of course. Obviously, I think we've strengthened again this year as well. Obviously, we've lost a few a few players as well, but I think the players we've brought in have, have been really um, positive signings and and obviously we've got Wilfred Zaha back as well today, so I think I think all in all we're probably stronger than we was going into um, last season, so I think we're looking forward to the season now and I think if we can if we can get off to a, a good start now with, with this Newcastle game, I think we can, hopefully can finish higher than we did last year that's what we're aiming for and that's what all the boys are aiming for so hopefully we can like I said we've got a stronger team this season I feel and I think we could finish probably higher if not in the top half Okay, great thank you very much for joining us Barry really appreciate your time and I think it's uh, you know fair to say from all Palace fans we really hope that you get a chance this season and you know we'd all love to see you back out on the pitch in red and blue Thank you. Check out our blog www.wholeradio.net slash blog Like the radio show but it's a blog hmm. <laughs> Welcome back from that uh, from the interview Hope you enjoyed that Some very uh, candid stuff there from Barry Bannon A player who apparently we've turned down three loan bids for today So hopefully Barry's staying about um, 
because uh, yeah, obviously big fan's favourite as well, um, and for a good reason. Fantastic player. Oh, I use the word fantastic. Should have a jingle for that. Um, okay, so yeah, we are back. Uh, just trying to catch up on all the rumours in the last few minutes. Uh, there's quite a lot going on, really. Uh, the the pace of the the Glen Murray out, Kevin Doyle in travesty, um, which was how I feel about it. Is well, that is gathering pace, to be honest. And um, we'll find out if that actually happens. Personally, I'd be particularly disappointed in that one because um, I haven't really seen Kevin Kevin Doyle perform well for quite some time. We do have a caller, I believe. Um, let's see if we can get him on there. Hi, who's that? Hello. Hello. Who am I speaking to? This is Chris. Hi, Chris. Chris, it's Jerry here. I was wondering, could I um, have a couple minutes on the phone with yourself and Chris? Of course, um, of course you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're on air now, mate. Go for it. Okay, cheers. <laughs> Jerry, what you got to say, mate? Hello, is that you, Chris? Yeah. Great, great show. Thanks for keeping up. Thanks. You know, I've got, I feel I've got a bit of a lump in my shirt about over, over Glen Murray, but yeah. just got to get over it and what will be will be. But I, I'm concerned about up front, Chris, you know. Um, get someone like Murray who's quite tall, but maybe we might play a different system, but um, I am concerned. I am a little bit concerned about, especially with Shamak being out for three weeks. I don't know. I remember Jensen uh, said some time ago that maybe Wolf would become might become a striker, you know, might play a more central role. We just don't know, but um, that's what I'm concerned about. Have you got any thoughts about that? It's, it's a really difficult one, isn't it, mate? That's the problem. It's it's who's out there. I mean, all the rumours are that, that if we do, you know, we do lose Glenn Murray, we're going to replace him with Kevin Doyle. And, and as I was just getting through saying, to me, he's not a player who's, who's played well at any club for quite a considerable period of time. Uh, I'm all, you always want to give someone a chance, don't you, when they join the club? You always want to give them a chance in the Palace shirt to show you what they can do. But uh, I don't know. Well, you, do you know much about Kevin Doyle? Yeah, again, he's someone that, you know, has, hasn't had, uh, had a few purple patches, but I don't really rate him at this level. No, no I think you're right, um, Chris. I'm just a bit concerned about what might what might be, you know, in terms of... I, I'll tell you what, Chris, my concern would be that I'd be very worried if we didn't sign another striker come uh, come 11 o'clock tonight. I'm not even I'm not even convinced about Hooper, to be honest with you. Um, I just think we need a bit more height up front as an option, not necessarily to start with, but as an option. And what Glenn Murray gave us was that, and, uh, and I don't want to talk in the past tense too much, but um, I just feel so... so bad for him in the sense that he's never had a chance to prove himself with a Premiership Cup. You know, and yeah. he's doing okay with us and he just needed games and as you said, alluding to some time ago in the show, maybe you, you can't give him that time but, you know, I just think it's very, very sh- just, just, just such a shame that yeah. he's not going to be um, you know, I don't know maybe left or going from us like that but no, <laughs> Doyle is not the answer not one bit and um yeah, just have to wait and see. I've just um, I'm delighted about Neil Warnock coming back to the club. Though I think that's going yeah. to be good for us. I think we've got a good chance, and you know, it's, it seems the season's been going on for about two years. This season already with all the ups and off the field um, developments. Yeah. Wouldn't, I hope we wouldn't can have it. Ship now. Yeah. Wouldn't have it any other way, though, Jerry. It's just the it's way, a great club, Chris. Yeah. You know it more than I do, and uh, <laughs> you know I listened to your. I saw you. I watched you about trying to. Um, Embarrassing too much at the city. I think you gave an interview. Someone you told me who, where you disclosed how you um, 
Kent Cross Palace, and uh, mm. it's such a great club, and it's and it's a growing club. You know, um, CP uh, twenty ten have done very well by us, and uh, I think there's good times head on and off the pitch. You know, I really do. It'd be interesting to see. Actually, I know it might be risky. What's going to happen to players like Boateng? Are they going to? Are they just going to rot in the reserves or whatever he played? You know, it's going to be very interesting. Well, yeah. isn't it? well I think uh, Neil Warnock had a good record of playing the youth when he was here before. So let's hope that continues. I have to let you go, Jerry. Really appreciate your call. Thank mate. you for my call. You Bye now. Take care. Bye. Okay. Thank you, Jerry. Uh, lovely to hear from him. And um, yeah, again, not not one keen on on Doyle either. Uh, seems to be a bit of a feature at the moment, doesn't it? But um, we'll see what happens. It's one of those things you have to you have to let people come in. It's if it's the decision of the manager to sign Kevin Doyle to replace Glenn Murray, then you, you just got to see how it pans out. But I have to say, it's not not inspiring, and it does seem to be the entire of the Palace fans on Twitter are kind of agreeing with that. Um, but there we go. All right, look, we want to get straight into talking about Newcastle. We can't can't dwell too much more. I don't think there's any immediately breaking news. I've seen rumours of uh, Sam Byram might be coming in. Someone sent me that uh, repeated rumour that, that Scott Sinclair was in, in getting off a train in Beckenham. I'm not sure I'd be using the train with his money, but um, <laughs> see if that actually happened or not. I don't know. But let's uh, let's get going on the uh, on the Newcastle review traps. Uh, with me, I have uh, a change of presenting team. I have Ben Nagel, who will be speaking at some point. He's working on the contact hub. Uh, we've got Patrick O'Connor. Hi, Patrick. Hey, Chris. How are you? I'm great. I think I'm coping. I'm alive. Sound good. Uh, yeah, we're in. The, we're into the second hour, and nothing's gone terribly wrong yet. Uh, anyway, not the time for this. Um, <laughs> we've also got Tony Pierce. Hi, Tony. Hi, uh. You sound enthusiastic today. That's good. Um, all right. I know well, it's my this... first show this season. Is it? Well, congratulations. Yeah. I should have got you a cake or something. I know. I'm back. <laughs> Welcome back, Tony. Welcome back, Tony. Anyway. Um, so the first thing I wanted to talk about is the the Newcastle game, and the first thing within that is, as always, is the lineup. Uh, the lineup being um, a return to the, what you just describe as a as a strong team after the midweek um, win against Walsall. We talked about earlier. Uh, Spironi was back in goal. Uh, Mar- Marietta remained in the side and played uh, right back with Kelly going in at left back, which was an interesting change, seeing Joel Ward move into the centre of midfield alongside Mila Jednak, Dan Delaney, the centre-backs, punching on one wing, Balassi on the other, and uh, uh, Schumach was in his usual spot just in behind the striker, and the striker this time was Dwight Gale, kept his place after his midweek hat-trick heroics against Walsall, and um, and rightly so, and uh, rewarded uh, rewarded Neil Warnock's faith in him with a, with a goal after 30 seconds. So let's talk about that lineup though first of all. What do you think, Patrick? Wasn't thrilled with the lineup when I first saw it because um I don't really like seeing Joel Ward in the centre of midfield. Um okay. I know he I know he played Lear last year and he did a does a good job, but I just feel that with Jednak and Ward in the middle we don't really have um anybody that we can really pass the ball. So I wasn't happy with that with that part of the lineup. I was very happy with um having Shemak and obviously Gale up front because that's what Gale did in the uh Warsaw game. He had to start. And I love and I love that um, Punch was back from suspension and Balassi. So I wasn't upset with the attacking part. I was a little concerned about um, the defensive part, and obviously with Ward. I just prefer Ward at, at right back. So that little concerned me. But I was obviously proved wrong, which we'll talk about a little bit later on. <laughs> All right. And um, your your views on the lineup, Tony? Yeah, pretty much the same. Um, I think I can understand what you're saying, Patrick, about Ward. But I think the problem is that who 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 did we have really that could replace Ledley for the time being? Um, we saw last week that Stuart O'Keefe wasn't up for it. 
Um, you know, you could argue put someone like like someone like Bannon in there, but Bannon's more of an attacking mid, and um, defensively we needed something solid. So I can understand the reasons for it. It was nice to see Mariapa get his first proper run out this season as well. Um, yeah, I was I was pleasantly surprised actually. We looked we looked when I saw the bench um, at first. I was I was pleasantly surprised. I thought we looked quite attacking playing two up front. So yeah. Uh, but obviously it was it was um, Marianne Schmack who was at, was in behind as normal. But they did actually they did play out there together, and quite a lot of the tactical changes were attacking. And I thought the interesting thing was just how strong the bench looked with all, all of a sudden. Uh, and it's not just I think with Gale suddenly becoming well, not suddenly becoming Gale starting the game, and you had Campbell on the bench. You had you know you had a, you had Campbell and Murray, two good strikers that you know. You know that, Arguably something to prove at this level to a point, but two good solid, solid strikers on the bench, and then you've got Williams and Bannon, and we know what both of them are about. Similar players, Bannon obviously a little bit more experienced, Williams perhaps a little bit sharper, um, well a bit quicker maybe. Um, but yeah, two of them with a lot to prove as well. That looked quite dangerous. Obviously Hennessy was a keeper, so um, you know got too much to say there. Hangland rightly, in my opinion, dropped from the from the lineup. Well, they didn't seem to solve our defensive woes, but we'll come to that. Uh, but obviously, the inclusion of Wolf Zaha wearing the number eleven shirt on the bench was also uh, an in- incredible moment. I think looking at that bench, it just that was the moment it kind of brought it all back to me that we've um, that we'd actually re-signed him. I was just unbelievably happy at that point. Um, uh, Tony, was that request to speak during my thing? It was it was a little bit earlier. It was it was, it was um, based on the the two up front. But um, oh, okay. we can wait till we discuss the match a bit more if you want. All right, <laughs> be like that. <laughs> um, ben, Ben, you're actually here. Hello, Ben. Hello, mate. You're right. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. You said you had flu. You sound fine, mate. Yeah. Well, you give it a few minutes, and you'll realise that I'm quite nasally tonight. <laughs> ben nasal. Ben nasal. You've got to say that uh, today. Oh, I'm really sorry. I'm sorry. Feel better, that. Ben. Feel better. Yeah. Some I was very quick. <laughs> I know, I'm, I'm like that. <laughs> Sorry, right, I made myself laugh. Um, okay, Ben, we were just talking about the lineup. I'm sure you heard it. Did you have any views to add to that? Uh, I loved it, to be honest. Um, you know, in the in the position that we were in with with Joe Ledley being injured, uh, I thought it was it was sort of the 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 easiest thing to do, really, uh, for a new manager coming in to to move Wardu is quite obviously a great player everyone knows he's a great player to move him to a position where he's more than capable you know f- for a game it's not going to be a permanent thing because well, we know that probably today by the son of Zaki Fryers that was announced in the last sort of half an hour but I thought Ward did really well there and and I as much as I love the lineup, I, I probably love the bench just as much because it was uh, probably the strongest bench I've, I've seen at Palace for quite a while yeah alright you do sound rough I'll give you that thanks mate um <laughs> Yeah, you've uh, been playing around on the on the contact hub. Have you got anything there for me? Yes, yeah, I've got a few tweets about Newcastle. People just taking a, a slight break from the madness of the transfer window and, and talking about the game from Saturday. Um, Carl Eldridge has got in touch. He said, there was no communication with the defenders and Spironi and all three goals could have been avoided. We took our three goals brilliantly, though. Gary T123 says, good performance, just need to sort out the defending at times. Overall, quite positive. Um, Barry says, I think they're talking about the league oh that's not that doesn't make any sense I'm not <laughs> you know when you sort of get yeah I do I do it all the time mate yeah. um, Ben Fleury says please that it went well for Warnock's first game in charge and Zaha boosted the squad when he came on Paul who's at the Wild Sea says love Jules but can't understand how that first goal at Newcastle dribbled by him so easily I agree about the bench being so strong and then King Vagabond finishes it off quite nicely he says terrible refing, but as stolen from the whole thread the end was written in the Zahars 
Oh, that's pretty poetic. More puns. <laughs> well done, Steve, for getting that one in there. Although you admit to stealing it. All right, well, Ben will be manning the contact hub for the show. We'll get his opinions as and when. But he'll also be keeping an eye on developing events. Um, so if anything does happen in the near future and you haven't seen it on Twitter, we'll be bringing it to you straight away. Um, okay. <clears throat> Can I ask? So, well, go on. Do we have a cowbell? I believe that there is a bell. You know how I feel about the cowbell. Um, <laughs> I've also just noticed that we've got 10 minutes until an, uh, an interview, which means we're overrunning. How the hell do we end up overrunning? <sighs> anyway. Well, hello, Chris is here. Right. Sounding the bell without any prying warning and then me having any knowledge of what it's going to sound like um part of me hopes we don't sign anyone else that's all i'm going to say <laughs> <on that>. <laughs> <laughs> um patrick i'm going to let you take the next bit because you you said it all really when we were talking we've, we've done our notes pre-show um how the match began really yeah I, I just love the start of the game we started off so quickly um we knocked the ball around very quickly got the ball out wide to balazi he makes a, a great cross in the middle Drops down to Shamak. Great control, great shot. And after they noticed, actually, I saw Gale stumbled after the <laughs> shot and got up so quickly and reacted so well to score that goal, which shows exactly why he's such a great striker. I was so impressed to see that, that he fell down and got up and scored like that with his left foot too. And, you know, a lot of guys, well, I named one from last year, would have passed it over the ball probably from that close. So it was great <laughs> to get up to such a great start. And we played, you know, we really were on the front foot for the first part of the match. It was nice to see. Yeah, no, I saw that myself. He went, he fell straight on his face, just properly yeah, exactly. slipped face first into the turf. <laughs> and all of a sudden, he's you know four or five yards ahead of the defenders, getting to get being the first one to the ball. It's, uh, it was amazing. Uh, Tony, you wanted to jump in? Yeah, this sort of highlights what I was saying about um, two up front because when you've no. got someone like Campbell up front with um, Shamak, as you said, they play one behind each other. But when Gale played with Shamak, he was playing. Much like you know, the, the you get the taller striker and then the smaller, faster one. He was playing off Shamak, which Campbell doesn't. He plays a little bit further forward to make a one-one as opposed to two going over each other. And that was a good example in the fact that Shamak took the shot and Gal was ready there to pounce on it. Mm. Uh, ben, I believe we've got to come to you, come to you next. Yes, uh, don't sound that bell just yet. So uh, oh. let me get my point out. But uh, yeah, we've got a done deal. <laughs> Steve Parrish is, is currently live on, on BBC Five Live, and he's revealed that the James MacArthur deal is done. Uh, it's all gone through, and, and he is officially a Crystal Palace player. <laughs> well, hello, Chris is here. That's fantastic news. Oh yeah, that bell just goes right through <laughs> you, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, if if we sign, I'd say I'd give it two more players before I actually just walk off and just <laughs> just get away from that. Um, there you go. Well, okay, we better give our reaction to that, and I think we'll we'll probably have to postpone the rest of the Newcastle thing until after our uh, our interview we've got coming up with Dom Fifield. But um, quick reaction to the signing of James McArthur. Where does he fit in? Particularly if Joe Ledley's fit. Go on, then, Tony. What do you think? That's, I think, the biggest problem we've got. And I hate to say Joel was right. We all hate to <laughs> say Joel was right. But I think three five two could work if we had... Well, unfortunately, the only problem with three five two is that you're going to leave out someone like Friars, who we've just signed as well. But if you had a three five two, you could have uh, Kelly, Dan and Ward as the three, have the two wing backs, whether that would work with the wingers we've got. But then you could have MacArthur 
uh, Jedi and Ledley all in the same team, which would give us a lot going forwards and a lot defensively as well. Mm. It's an interesting theory. I put it on Twitter <laughs> earlier, actually. It got a very good response. Mm. I think it's the most retweets and favourites I've ever had. The, yeah, problem, the problem I have with it is, I mean, you, Fryers can play as a wing-back, absolutely. I think Joe Ward can do a job as a wing-back quite easily. You've seen him go up and down the wing. But even on the left-hand side, he can beat defenders. Um, but the trouble is, I, I think it negates the talent we have out wide. I think Jason Punchin and I think Wilf Zaha obviously and Yannick Balassi as essentially wingers are, are some of the most talented players in our squad and you can ask them to do a different role, you can ask them to play up top or you can ask them to play just in behind but I just don't think you, you then you're starting, you starting to use players outside of their positions and that worries me a little bit. Patrick, it does give us something extra though that we can, we've actually got a plan B potentially. Well, potentially, yeah, yeah, if it works. Yeah, Patrick, sorry. Yeah, well, Tony and I were going back and forth on this on Twitter, and I somewhat agree. But I'll tell you what, what I like about it is James MacArthur is an excellent passer of the ball, and and as much as I like Joe Ledley, I'll be honest with you, I prefer to have MacArthur start with Jedi. I think it makes Jedi a better player because we really seriously lack a passer in the middle of that field. And um, as much as I like how Ledley plays, MacArthur's a better player. So if it adds competition with Ledley, it's a good thing, and if it makes us a better team, it's a good thing. So either way, I think getting MacArthur is really going to make us a better team. And just like the way last year we got Ince who made the guys who played ahead of him better, if MacArthur doesn't play and Ledley steps it up or vice versa, MacArthur plays and Ledley pushes him, I think either way we're going to be much better off in centre midfield. Because really, I think that's really an area we have to strengthen as much as the back four is the centre midfield. So I love I that signing, I really do. Could we drop the enforce? Uh, see, I can do puns. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah, uh, funny enough, I was gonna I was gonna bring that up as a as a concept. If you know, if you don't, if you say Ledley's, you know, one of the best midfielders we've got, can he play alongside MacArthur and be more effective than what you do with Jednak? Potentially, Jednak could end up in the back four, but uh, um, I don't know. I think you, I think he's so important to breaking up play for us, and, and quite a lot of what we do involves not having the ball. So unless you change that, then you really cannot even begin to, to contemplate losing Jednak out of the team in my view but I agree yeah, yeah he's got you know there's there's things that he's not great at we, we've all seen it and, you know the when we try and play quick one touch passing out of the out from the back you know quite often it falls down when Jednak tries to play a, a first time pass and he chooses the wrong option quite a lot of time or you know or fails to find his target but at the same time he's also got an assist already this season so you know, maybe maybe that's an overstated point. Um, okay, uh, well, my, let's see if Ben's got any views on MacArthur. Ben, what do you reckon? Yeah, I think he's a fantastic player. Um, you know, really highly rated. Um, and to be honest, you know, it will take a few games for for him to get into it, as as it does with all new players. But I think that he will sort of really slip into that uh, that midfield position. You know, with with Jednak, I think, and uh, you know, he's a Scotland international. Um, you know, he knows people in the squad. You know, obviously Barry Bannon's also in that Scotland squad. I don't know whether he had anything to do with the signing at all, but yeah, I think it's a fantastic signing and obviously a lot of money. Uh, they're saying five million. It was reported by Sky Sports News earlier that it was seven, but um, I think Parrish posted on the BBS that that wasn't quite the case. It, it didn't usurp Gale's fee from last year. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to it um, and looking forward to seeing him being involved hopefully against Burnley next week. Okay. Um, anything on Twitter, or should we uh, should we move on? Do you think? Well, you can come back to me in a, a few minutes. I've, I've Is it because I gave you no warning? Is a little bit. I just asked about um, James MacArthur and what people have uh, 
have said, and, and Dave Clary's got in touch. He said he's exactly what we need, a very good player. I'm excited about this one. Um, Colin Squires has said what everyone's thinking, really. What Steve Parrish doing on Five Live should be on whole radio for announcements. Yeah, well, uh, I don't know Alex what to say Rowe, Yeah, Alex Rowe says, such a fantastic player. Owen Coyle only had positive things to say about him today. Exciting to see a player of his calibre at SE25. I've just seen, apparently, uh, Steve's also said on Five Live that a striker will be coming on in on loan until January. Uh, will that be Kevin Doyle? Oh, God. Mm. <laughs> Please, no. <laughs> Has anyone noticed on Twitter that Zeki Friars is actually tre- trending? It's nice to actually have something of ours trending for once rather than Arsenal or Man United or any other one. Um, I haven't noticed that because I'm doing a radio show, but... <laughs> 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 but I'm sure I'm sure they're correct. No, you're right. It is nice. But um, I'm also going to pick up on a couple that Ben would have missed because he's finished speaking and people just sent them. Ben Harris has said that he's a quality midfielder. Lucky to get him. Surprised more clubs weren't after him. He'll be massive in our survival. Uh, and Rob Wilkinson says really happy with midfield two from Je- uh, Jednak, MacArthur, and Ledley. Uh, would love more one more creative player though. Um, Barry Bannon. Barry Bannon. Yeah, well, we've exactly. Already, we've already got him. Yeah, we've already got him. Yeah, I think we're sorted in midfield. All right, there you go. Uh, John Nightingale says McCarthy can pass the ball, which is what we need. We're forever giving it away. And I think it's hard to argue against that point. We certainly do give the ball away an awful lot, particularly under pressure. Anyway, we'll break away now. Uh, we'll have a little bit of a break. We're going to try and get uh, Don Fifield on the phone for a quick chat, who's a, 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 a journalist for The Guardian and also a Palace fan. So we're back in a moment. Are you a Palace fan You can't get a ticket for games these days? Are you confused by the club's recent success and long for the glory days of lumping the ball to a talentless half-assed forward? Are you angered by being surrounded by a positive, supportive atmosphere instead of deathly silence occasionally interrupted by the moronic complaints of a degenerate? Well then why not buy a season ticket to Millwall? Down at the den, we're old school, just like you. We're a terrible football team supported by idiots. We all have horrendous lives, our only release is to go to the football, throw some bottles, lighters and coins at opposition players, yet mysteriously end up unpunished. We've made huge strides in recent years, safely removing the Millwall Roar, replacing it with a sterile, depressive sense of inevitable decline. So join us, please. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Joined by Dominic Firefield from The Guardian. Hello, mate. Hi, how are you doing? All good, all good. How about yourself? 
Yeah, busy day, busy day, but complicated <laughs> by England Open training and press conferences as well, which people forget about. Oh, uh, right. There's an international on Wednesday, um, believe it or not. But, oh, um, right. but yeah, busy but fun. Very good point. Completely forgotten about that with all the with all the fun of deadline day. Um, so I mean, take it obviously in terms of immediate Palace news. It's just that it's the deals from uh, Zeki Friars and James McCarthy. You've heard anything else on the horizon? Well, I, I understand that Steve Parrish has been has been talking just now on, on national radio, suggesting a striker on loan from abroad. Everybody assumed it was Kevin Boyle coming in. Yeah. Um, oh, it's abroad. But, eh? um, yeah, apparently it's coming from abroad. Next Premier League side comes from abroad, so I'm frantically trying to find out who that is. Um, mm. But slight reservations on that one, to be honest. Just on, on, uh, let's see who he is. But but the idea that Glenn Murray could be leaving for Reading um, sort of uh, a bit dismayed me, to be honest. It's uh, I, I, I sort of feel as if Glenn didn't really ever have a proper chance to prove himself in the Premier League with a knee injury ruining most of last season. And... Uh, Given his contribution in getting Palace to that level, uh, it would have been nice to for him to stuck around a bit more. But you know, if, if uh, he's going to get more games elsewhere, then I, I suppose at his age, it's probably best for all parties. But yeah, it's slightly mixed feelings on seeing how things going. Yeah, exactly. So it's a hard one to take, really, isn't it? Um, what's um, in, in general, rather than focusing just on Palace, what are the what are the best deals you've seen today? In your view, the most you know the most impressive deals. Well, I think they're ongoing, because because ridiculously, despite having this day having started at seven a.m. when the first deals were were mooted, we, we're not seeing that many concluded. Um, I'm I'm interested to see what Hull are doing. They they they, they seem to be spending heavily all, all summer. They've obviously broken the transfer record with Hernandez coming in today, the Uruguayan from Palermo. They, they now sounds as if they're getting Hatton Ben Arthur on loan from Newcastle. If he's fit um, and and committed and his head's in the right place, and that's that's quite a signing. That's a, that's a pretty impressive one to bring in. Um, it takes them almost to another level, really, if, if he clicks and, and he's and he's competing regularly to you know to play play every week. Um, so I'm quite intrigued by that one. Maybe Army's coming there as well. And mm. Again, if he's fit and firing, then he's he's a he's a powerful, in, impressive defensive midfielder. Although he has injury problems, so whether you can get more than 20, 25 games out of him at the top flight. Like, of a season, I'm not sure, but I think we may end up looking back at Steve Bruce's transfer window dealings this summer. Okay, they really poured money at it. I mean, they've they've gone for it big time, but that they could prove to be you know the difference between finishing comfortably in mid table, low mid table, and having another scrap at the bottom. It obviously benefits them in some ways. They're already out of the Europa League, so they don't have that 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 fixture clutter to come. Um, but I've been quite impressed with, with what Bruce has done. But everybody's talking, obviously, about Radamel Falcao, but when you see the figures involved in that deal, it's quite eye I mean, it just makes your eyes water, doesn't it? It's absolutely <laughs> staggering. Yeah, it's another it's world. Weekly, from weekly wage. Oh, oh, God, it's, well, it's another world from anybody. I mean, yeah. it's, it's quite remarkable, but it's had knock-on effects. It sounds as if the Danny Welbeck to Arsenal move seems to be back on again now. They're confident that that deal can get done, which is... Which is interesting in itself. I find I was with Danny Welbeck today at, at, at training at Arsenal's training ground where England trained, um, and he was sort of laughing and joking with his Manchester United teammates at the time. And then, obviously, the way things have gone over the day, it's an odd one because if Arsenal really wanted Danny Welbeck, they would have made that move a while back. Yeah. Uh, it's almost like a, a last gasp, change your mind. We need someone. Let's just get anybody in, uh, type of deal. But I really hope it works out because he's a he's a good kid and he's a good player when he gets 
given the opportunity, proves that with England uh, quite regularly. Uh, but it's just it's 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 frantic, isn't it? The last yeah, hour is going to be frantic as well. It certainly is. Um, anything that's sort of surprised you that came out of the blue, or anything that you think is a bit of a weird decision? Well, the the, the failure of QPR to get bodies over the line so far is quite interesting um, and surprising. They seem to be caught between a rock and a hard place to keep you. Their, their instinct is to spend big and to offer big money like they did to Stephen Corker, for example, mm. um, to, clearly doing to Rio Ferdinand. Um, they obviously started this day thinking they could get Fabio Barini, but he comes back and says it's 90 grand a week for me and, and they're not willing to go more than 55, 56,000 uh, pounds a week. Um, so that's a big difference in wages. So that deal at the moment appears to be dead, although Liverpool have just set them a deadline, I think it's about 9.45, to make a final decision as to whether Barini leaves the club in this window. Then you look at it, they haven't, they haven't got Jermaine Defoe. I thought they'd get Jermaine Defoe in um, to replace Remy. Um, yeah. That deal hasn't happened. It sounds like Toronto think that he'll stay until at least January now. Um, they didn't get Lasana Diara, who was due to come in from Locomotive Moscow. And there's a dispute between Diara and, and, and the Russian club apparently over, over the terms of his, his departure. So that deal's fallen through as well. And as we speak, although the, Sandro is off having a medical ahead of a, a deal that could amount to a £10 million transfer from Spurs, and he's a good player when he's fit. They haven't got Aaron Lennon, and they, they also, the only player they've actually got in is Nico Cranchar, who <laughs> I thought came when you bought Harry Redknapp, he, he was always yeah. there. So. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's just—it's a strange one for them. I mean, look, they can still pull it out of the bag. They've still got an hour and a half to, to do deals, and, and knowing the way they operate, that could easily happen. But it's—I've been surprised at, at, at how few they've got in so far, given you know Redknapp's um, ability to, to to pull rabbits from hats, really. Yeah, definitely. Okay, stepping away from uh, from transfers for a moment, as a Palace fan, what was your view on the departure of Tony Pulis? I, it fluctuated, to be honest. Initially, when it broke, I was I was incredibly deflated by it. Um, I I I, uh, I had a lot of high hopes um, into the new season, and I felt that Pulis leaving damaged Palace badly. Um, and initially, my my knee jerk reaction was to say, "Well, this is crazy. This is a lack of ambition." But the more I hear about it, and 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 when you consider the players that. Tony Pulis wanted to bring in um, and where the club has been over the last 5 to 15 years and the problems we've had in that time financially I don't think it was the time, it sounded as if he was trying to do things a bit too quickly um, it's fine to have the ambition to bring in players who are going to want wages of 70-80 grand a week uh, and it's, it's great to have the ambition to bring in players that are going to take you to the next level but uh, this club has been scarred in the past by financial mismanagement, effectively, yeah. by playing paying players fees and, and, and wages that we couldn't afford. Um, and it just the, the more the more that became clear that these people wanted big money to come to Palace if they were prepared to come to Palace at all. Um, if, if if he wasn't prepared to 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 lower his expectations, then maybe a parting of the ways was advisable. The one thing I would say is that I, I don't understand why it, it, it took until 48 hours before the start of the season for that to become obvious. <laughs> yeah. 
I would have thought that could have been thrashed. That could have been very obvious probably at the beginning of the summer. But I suspect there was an element of from both parties, you know, of dragging that out and hoping the other one would would yield and, and they would come to a compromise eventually. And unfortunately, the only compromise I did reach was that it was time to leave. Um, and then the chaos that followed afterwards was 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 more upsetting in some ways and more demoralising because because that really dragged Palace through the mire um, and yeah. was difficult for everybody. I think to be honest. Yeah. And I had to, I had to say, I mean, now this, it, was, it was encouraging. It was great to see them get a recovery on 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 Saturday to get that point because it sort of meant that we finished this first little window of the, of the season before the international break uh, with a bit of a positive feeling because otherwise I think if we'd skewed on three games, three defeats, uh, losing a manager, losing a sporting director, um, you know, clearly being short in terms of the, the squad, I think it would have it would have been hard to recover from that as, as it is. There's a bit more positivity about the place and hopefully the next hour and a half there'll be a bit more. Definitely. Um, well, okay. Last little bit um, before we let get back to the madness. Uh, what what was actually your view on the appointment of Neil Warnock? Were you surprised by that one? Yeah, I was surprised. Um, I was surprised that. Um, <laughs> well, it felt a bit of a retrograde step, um, but there was a logic to it, um, and, and I, I, I was a bit disappointed by the sort of level of candidate out there. To be honest, a lot of people keep saying. Oh, there are so many good managers out there available, and um, and and you know people who would want to come in to a club in the Premier League, and people who were of good, of decent caliber. But the reality was that there weren't that many. Uh, that there may be in October um, when people start losing their jobs, um, as Ian Holloway did last year, and Tony Pulis was around. Um, but I, I I was a bit underwhelmed by the the level of ca- uh, candidate out there. I mean, look. I think some, they will have their they will have their plus points. Steve Clark is an excellent coach, and Norwich is an excellent coach, and and um, he would have been a good choice. But maybe he wasn't the right fit at this particular time in terms of where Palace's development is. I could see there's a logic in going to to Neil Warnock, who, let's face it, knows the club, um, has worked there before. He, he probably will approach it more pragmatically than maybe an idea. An ideology, you know, but with a different philosophy in terms of football. He, he will come in and be pragmatic about how Palace get out of this, this early season problem and 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 aim for the mid table, which would I think again this season, second season, would be a fantastic achievement. Maybe somebody coming like in like Steve Clark or Tim Sherwood would have tried to change the style, and that would have been risky in itself. Absolutely. They've got. I think now that we've got Neil Warnock, we 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 go with him and, and give him the benefit of the doubt and and um, and hope that. You know his last hurrah in the uh, in the top flight yield success for Crystal Palace, and you know it's he's made the right noises so far, hasn't he? Um, Absolutely. We, we all remember what happened four years ago, and it was it was a sour ending to it all. But he's made the right noises so far, and um, um, it seems to have galvanised the place as as we speak. It seems to have galvanised the place, which is that'll be good. Excellent stuff. Cheers, Dom. Really appreciate your time, mate. No worries. Have a good night. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you. Bye. Okay, that's Don Dryfield from The Guardian, uh, obviously devoted Palace fan as well as a, as a top journalist and really appreciate that, uh, him giving his time up on such a busy day. Um, we'll go back to talking about the Newcastle game now. I don't think there's any more breaking news as yet. Um, I seem to have lost some people. Tony's there. Hello, Tony. I'm here. Ben's still there, I think. Hello, ben. I'm here too. I'll, uh, yeah. There's lots of rumours flying about. Um, go on. 
Oh, I do just want to say one quick thing. Uh, I think as a Palace radio station, we have to sort of, uh, you know, report everything that's going on. And uh, Sky Sports are neglecting to go to the Palace training ground at the moment because uh, the Homestead Fanatics have turned up with a with a huge banner that says Sky Sports has ruining been ruining football since 1992. <laughs> uh, that's in the background at, 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 uh, at Beckenham, so they're not there at the moment. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, is it wrong that I think that's funny? I don't know. It's good. Well, well done, lads. Um, although their money is obviously uh, a great help in building a football club, but um, yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> moving swiftly on from that, where we'd got to was uh, we were just talking about the start of the game, and obviously the the fantastic start we had with uh, with Dwight Gale scoring after a minute and laughing about the fact he seemed to fall on his face straight away, uh, and then go up and score. But um, so sort of beyond that, it was it was a really it it was an end to end game in a, to a point, I suppose. Obviously, Newcastle dominated possession um, and put us under quite a sustained pressure for periods of time. But when you actually look at the goals we did concede, it, it was yet again it was you could point to individual errors um, and to to set plays again. And it was the, the defending that that does make you worry, and that's probably where Neil Warnock's got his um, got his first calling what he needs to deal with. Uh, so I'll start with you, Tony, on that. What do, what do you think? We talked about the lineup and the potential changes, and and now we've talked about signing the fact the fact we signed Zeki Fries as a natural left back. Um, you know, we don't know too much about him and how he can defend, but we'll, I guess we'll get to see. But what do you think needs to change there? I just think the defence needs to settle down. I think um, you know this is this is pretty much the same defence that we had that in the second half of the season was the second best defence in the Premier League, and I said Premier League that time, not Premiership. Um, you know, yeah. we've, we've still got that core, you know, with Delaney, Dan, uh, Ward, Mariapa. You know, I think, I think Fries is going to help because it would be nice to have a decent um, left back who's naturally left sided. Um, but yeah, and I mean, it's, it's, it, it's going to take time. I mean, they had the time off. It's going to take time for them to settle again. It did take time last year. Um, Kelly's a great addition to the squad. And, um, I, I, I can't work out. I mean, if you look at the first, if you look at the first match we played against Arsenal, we were very good defensively, and that was you could argue still remnants of um, Tony Pulis. But yeah, yeah. you know, it's War, Warnock just needs to get the defence to do what they were doing last year. Uh, we've got good additions coming in. They just need to go back to. Uh, it's, I mean, their first goal. I remember I watched I, the first goal was shambolic. It was just like pinballing all over the place. No one seemed to want to clear it. Um, they just need to get back to what they were doing before. I think. I think they. You know, we've got a very solid defence. They just need to work together, and there's the communication's probably the key. I think people just yeah. need to talk. There was, there was one moment where um, Jedi and Delaney nearly completely clattered heads because neither of them were calling that they had the ball. Yeah, we saw that. We saw that with Hankland and uh, and Jednak. Jednak seems to be the common denominator there. Patrick, you want to give a, 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 well, a differing view on that, maybe? Yeah, very, very quickly. Um... I like what Tony said about just need to settle in. I think eventually we're probably going to have a back four of, of Fries on the left and Dan and Kelly in the middle and most likely Ward at right back. So that's whatever it's going to be, it's going to take time. But I could argue that all three goals, honestly, were, were, were lucky. The first goal, the ball bobbled around in the box. It bounces up, Jamma hits the ball, and I think... Hmm. Is anyone else not hearing Patrick anymore? Yeah, no, he's he's he's, he's disappeared. Yeah, I don't know what's happened to the American internet today, but it's, usually it's considerably better than our own internet. But um, not today, it seems. He's um, been called into the training ground. That's what it is. 
No, um, okay. I, I think, um, well, if I can speak for Patrick, I can see his notes, to be honest with you. So let me have a quick look what he's going to say. Sorry. <laughs> Is that cheating? Oh, are you back? Yeah, I'm sorry. It's all right. It's not your yeah. fault. It's the internet. Blame right. the yeah, internet. Sorry. Yeah, I'll, I'll do that. But, but again, to my point being, like I, said, I just I think it might have been more of a part of bad luck as, a bad, as opposed to just bad defending. So um, I think if we could sort out what our back four is going to be with whoever is uh, behind them, kind of pushing those guys to play as well as possible, I think we'll be going to be just fine in, as far as that's concerned. And um, we'll, we'll kind of go from there. But I, I like the fact we've got a, a settled left back now, you know, and obviously, like I said, we've got good defenders in Mariapa and Hangerland. Etc. That can that can kind of back up Delaney possibly. So I think we're going to be much better going forward defensively than we have been in like, in the first three matches at least. Mm, okay. Um. I yeah. I can see. I can see. Sort of. I can definitely see what you're saying. It's. I yeah. I, I think it's just familiarity. I think. I think things have been disrupted, and I think losing losing Tony Pulis was was what's done it in my view. I, I think Hangland's got a bit of settling in to do definitely, but I think if you, you're losing someone who is so precise about who does what in a particularly in set pieces but just generally in, in team shape he's incredibly precise you've sort of ever spoken to anyone who talks about how he manages and you know he had a game plan set for Arsenal and that's why you saw us perform reasonably well even though he did concede obviously a set plays but I think that it's no coincidence that we've struggled in, since then. But but Neil Warnock's got a good record organising defence. He does it in a slightly different way. He he likes to simplify defences. Uh, you know, he's always he's been quoted many a time saying defenders head it and kick it, <laughs> and that's it. And but um, yeah, we'll see how he gets on. I'm just picking up on a few things that, that Ben was letting me know. Apparently, there's a difference of interpretation between what Don was saying over his comments on uh, on. BBC, which as he said, he didn't say it was a striker from abroad. He said it was a striker who has played in the Premier League, not at a, not currently at a Premier League club, which would suggest maybe that Kevin Doyle is it again. And indeed, uh, Ed Aaron's is suggesting that um, latest info they have is that they're still trying to sort out a, a loan for Kevin Doyle, which would allow Glenn Murray to leave. So there you go. Uh, we'll see if we'll grab a chat with Ed a little bit later on in the show. Um, hmm. Uh, probably. Some about five past ten, Ben. <laughs> Just to let you know on it, something like that. Ah, <laughs> oh, excuse me. Anyway, um, I've just been told that. Anyway, so yeah, where we were, we were talking about the frailty of the defence. So yes, it needs it needs attention definitely, but um, but hopefully uh, in time under the new manager, it would do that. Talking now a bit more about what the new manager was doing, I thought the attacking movement, uh, getting away from the defence, I thought the attacking movement was excellent, even before Wilf came on and really did. Sort of emphasise the, uh, you know, the, the attacking talent we actually had on display. I think very early moves were incredibly impressive. Indeed, the the first move for the first goal in the first minute was really slick and really well organised. And I really like to see that. We seem to be paying a bit more attention. Um, oh God, I've just seen the phrase West Midlands reporting BBC West Midlands reporting Doyle is on loan till January. <clears throat> oh God. That's what I was thinking. It's just taken me out of my stride. Yeah. Let's cool. talk about the uh, attacking movement and just hope. Yes. Yeah, anyway. Um, so go on, go on, Patrick. Um, even before I even before Wilf came on, I, I thought the movement with with, with uh, both Punchin and Blassie was great, interchanging with um, Gale up top and Shamak. They were linking up very well. It's a real shame again Shamak got hurt because Shamak really again showed how valuable he is to our team, where he links up with our midfielders and with. Um, 
Gail, he's one of our most creative forces out there. So, and then just going forward, when, when Wolf came on, having Wolf up front just gave us such a great impetus um, to have him playing through the middle. And then even though he went wide late one, he had you know he had a couple of great chances. There was that arguable offside goal that he scored, and he just gave us he just just having it back in the side just seemed to give the entire team a great lift. And uh, if not for some Balak, we definitely could have you know scored a couple more goals or won that game easily. So it's really just great to have Wolf back in the side. It really is. He just adds so much so much to the fans and. And the team and everything, so it's really great to have him back. It is, yeah, and it was really it was interesting to see Warnock say that you know his initial intention was sticking him up front, uh, but, and, and he stayed there until Gail was injured. I mean, Gail was very happy about that and sent me a message <laughs> saying Gail knows because he <laughs> talks about him as a striker as he often does. But um, yeah, I've, I you know, I'd be fair, I think I was the one who told him that Will Foy said he was a striker when he was young, but. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought it was really good to see, and it was, the smile on Will's face when he was playing was just brilliant. Um, he, you can see that he immediately felt comfortable. He immediately felt that he had the license to go and use the, his ability as much as he liked, and he wouldn't. If you remember before he before he moved clubs, any time you watched a game or anything like that where someone was commentating on it, and they would talk about Will, they'd say, and they did it again against Newcastle as well. They said that he doesn't give up; that he's never knocked back when he loses the ball. He'll just try it again and again and again, and eventually he will beat them. You know, he will go well, go, go past three players. He will get a shot away. He will get a cross away, something like that. And that's what was so pleasing that he immediately got straight back to that. And I dare say he looked a little bit more direct as well. I mean, I mean, okay, he hasn't played a lot, but the training, uh, you know, with with decent players and getting you know getting interaction with them, I think has actually had quite a good effect on him because he got some got some shots away pretty quickly in, in the game, Tony. Yeah, I'll echo that really. Uh, I noticed on Match of the Day they were saying that you know he he can be a very dangerous player, and you know training with the Man United squad. Although yes, he didn't get much game time, you know he would have learnt a lot. I mean he was training with people like Robin Van Persie, Wayne Rooney. I mean these are top top strikers, so he's going to learn something off them. And I, I think you know he he seemed to have more shots in that Newcastle guard. I don't remember him personally when um, he was with us last that he was. He, he would shoot on sight. He seemed to get a bit more of that towards the end, but I think that, that part of his game has come in a bit more and, and his shots were more accurate as well, which was, which I mean, the, um, yeah, no, that's, that's it. The shots yeah. were just more accurate and they, they looked more, more, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm lost for words. Um, <laughs> it's not a good thing to be really in this position, is it? No, it's not really. It's unlikely. <laughs> Um, he was more. He was definitely um, well more accurate with his shots. They were more dangerous. They were, you know, it, 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 yeah. He he looked a real threat, and um, it, he's unfortunate not to get two goals, let alone the one, because he was only. I mean, maybe part of his foot was offside when you actually look at the line. Um, very very unlucky to get called offside there. Well, um, we'll see what they, people have got to say on Twitter and what have you very shortly. But um, I just want to. Well, I'm sure we'll be talking about Wilfram various other things uh, on, on Twitter but I also want to talk about the um, the injuries Patrick you brought this one up um, and I hadn't really thought about it obviously Gail Gail got a knock but it's probably going to be okay Schumacher's out for two to three weeks um, but it's not the only injuries we've had this, we've started we started the season with with a lot of people getting knocks Dan got a knock Delaney I think got a knock at one stage um, Ledley 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 in the right. warm up the groin injury Bit of a worry. Is there something that's changed there? Maybe the preseason was a little bit too hard. See, that's what I was thinking. I'm thinking that the trip to uh, trip to Austria, where you saw them on the bikes and doing all the early morning uh, workouts, the yoga and stuff, and then obviously coming to America over here, 
uh, that could be an issue. I really hope it's not. I mean, you know, Tony Pius is, is notorious for, you know, fitness is, is his thing and wanting to have players as fit as possible. So I'm just hoping there hasn't been an adverse reaction to that because I don't think in the past, I mean, I think I've, I saw a couple of interviews uh, on Palace player. I know that Rambo mentioned also that's the toughest preseason he's ever had. So obviously um, it was a very tough preseason. So I'm really hoping that's not the reason why I'm hoping it's just, it's just bad luck. Because as people have said before, we had a lot of luck, a lot of luck last year with Pulis yeah. and players. We didn't get hardly anybody got injured last year. So hopefully it's not going to come back and kind of bite us this year. So let's see what happens. It, um, a Palace player, calm. Calm. <laughs> 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 um, Karma, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> doesn't it just show you the, the, the need to, the, to improve the squad like we're obviously trying to do today? Um, it's a real concern that, you know, the, the, how weak the squad looked against West Ham when we, when we lost Ledley and, you know, when he, we would obviously already you know, it had the problem with Dan as well. So um, I'm sorry, I'm being slightly distracted by the noise of my blood pressure monitor going off again. I'll give you a live reading. Bear with me a second. Oh no! Hang on. It no. doesn't sound like a cowbell. Uh, not yet. No. All that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh dear. Oh dear. No, you're not getting that reading either. This is really quite oh, disturbing. Oh boy. By the way, they've just um, confirmed on Twitter. It's Bet Victor has said the reason no Sky Sports reporters are outside Sellers Park tonight, and they've got that same picture of the HF yeah, yeah. with the banner. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no. It was, yeah. Exactly what Ben was saying earlier. Ben, you've got some tweets on the Kevin Doyle reaction. It seems to be that that's the player we're after till January. Yeah. Um, but, all positive, yeah? All happy? Lots of happy yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, literally, in the last sort of five minutes, I must have had a hundred tweets come in. Um, and I can't find a positive one. No? Um, I'll, re- I'll read you a few in the hope that Kevin Doyle isn't uh, sort of tuned in on his, on his uh, old portable radio. He says, Joke. I won't. I won't read people's names. I'm just going to scroll down and, and read some some comments. Very poor. Worst sign of the transfer window. Crap news. Well past his best. Couldn't even score in League One. The biggest <laughs> lack of ambition from any club that's ever been promoted to the Premier League. Angry. No other words. Genuinely angry. Lack of ambition. Doyle is uh, okay. All right. Here we go. <laughs> Doyle is quick. Okay. So that's all that's positive. But seems too similar to Gale and Campbell. Murray gave us a different outlet and is a better aerial threat. Um, there's some swearing and then okay okay here we go I'll finish on a positive one Nick Redman Armchair Eagle 85 very much a Neil Warnock type player could be worse in my eyes that's as positive as you're going to get I'm afraid can I can I add some positivity in you can yeah you can try I'll try anyway we, we've got a lot of strikers now good good strikers I mean we've got Shamak and Gale you know they're, they're arguably you know if, 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 if you know the writing's on the wall you'd hope they're going to be our, our first strikers uh, we've got Campbell coming off the bench. We know that Wilf can play up front as well. You know, we've we, Murray was going to be then fifth behind all of them, and we all we all like Glenn. I, I you know, I'm, I'm on the same camp as Alex. Really, I think Glenn Murray's amazing. I'll be gutted if he goes. But you know, Doyle isn't going to be coming in as our first choice striker, and he has played Premiership before. He has scored goals, and uh, his experience maybe he's going to be there to sort of help mentor some of the younger guys like. Gale's a good example there, or even Wilf. And, you know, it's, it's, it's not like he's a first-choice striker for us. He's coming in, you know, he's, he's back up. And if we are going to lose Glenn, then, then it's better to have someone there as backup, you know, who's experienced that, you know, you can think, OK, he's going to come on, he'll do a job, he'll hold the line, he's that sort of player. Right? 
Glenn, I think the writing was on the wall. He he he, he wants more time. He wants more game time, and he's not going to get it at Palace. And as gutted as I am about that, that means he's probably going to want to go. He probably feels like he's got a few more years in him. Whereas Doyle, you know, yeah, he's not everyone's cup of tea, but at the end of the day, he's coming in to do a job. And we know that players that come in to do a job, like managers as well, can can do that well. So it's, it's not the... I've, I think fair enough. You know, we need a backup striker. He can play striker. He's played premiership before. Why not? Who else is out there? Patrick? <laughs> well, my, my thing is that there's without a doubt, Campbell and Doyle have a lot to prove. Um, not only to themselves, but to the to the supporters. Because obviously, Campbell has not gone off to a great start, even though I like him a lot. And Doyle's going to come in here and take a lot of stick, obviously. So I'm hoping that that's going to fuel them. I don't know if professionals are necessarily driven by um, how fans react to them. But I'll, I'll, I will say that they both got a lot to prove. And I'm, I'm really hoping they both do very well. I'm not dealing with, with the signing personally. But obviously, um, Warnock must know him from somewhere. I'm assuming he knows him from QPR. So he's, there's something in, in that play that he sees. So let's hope it works out. Yeah, you see, so don't you don't want anything, you know? You don't wish bad on a, on a player coming in. Exactly. Just we all we all feel. Uh, hang on, Ben's claiming to have an exclusive. I was just about to let him go, and he's claiming an exclusive. <laughs> well, uh, well, I'll leave you with, with my exclusive. Um, I, I've just been speaking to to Barry Bannon, and um, apparently three. Well, not apparently, definitely three clubs came in for him today um, for for a loan deal, and the club turned all three down. Um, so Barry Bannon won't be going anywhere, despite a lot of interest from from outside. And and as far as we know, you know Barry was was sort of keen to to go and get some football, and and the club have turned down three loan moves. Interesting. So if mm, okay, hopefully he'll play. So great. yeah, well we, clearly we've got um, we've got designs on on getting him involved. Yeah. Well, brilliant. Thanks for that, Ben. Okay, we'll let you go. Um, Cheers, we are going to take a, a short break from uh, from discussing anything at the moment while we change presenter chairs and stuff. Um, yeah, that was a really bad way of putting it, but I'm quite tired now. I've just done two hours of radio, I've got another hour to go. I'm starting to sound quite bad, oh. aren't I? Come on, right? Let's 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 get focused, and um, and we'll get uh, yeah, we'll be back shortly. Without any of this, there would be none of this. So, <laughs> there's some sort of sniffing sound there. I don't know what's happened. Alex? Um... Oh, no, it wasn't me. No, you sure? It's not sure. a sniff. Do you know what? I've come to the conclusion it's a noise I make with my mouth when I talk a lot because I breathe out the back of my mouth when I talk a lot. So, there you go. Do you want to not do that? That's very bad. I'm, I'm, I'm working towards it. Let's put it that all way. Right. I'm still voting for debilitating coke habit myself, but all right. All this... We were, I lunch used to work in it. I used to be a cheesemaker many years ago. But little known fact about me. And we was on our lunch break, and we were talking about what happens if you get trapped in your car and it catches fire. And, and uh, Terry said, "Well, I keep a big knife by me. Uh, I've got a big knife to cut myself out of my seatbelt if I get trapped." And I said, "Well, what happens if the police stop you? Is this all right? I keep in the boot." All this. Got home very late and saw very, very rough today. But that's another story. But, uh, mm, <laughs> smack bottom. HOLradio.net slash donate. Okay, I guess that's us back live. Okay, now with me, I seem to have loads of people. I've got Nick. Hello, Nick. Good evening. Good evening, indeed. Uh, Patrick's still here and Tony's still here. And also, Mark seems to be lurking. Yes, I'm around still. 
Mm, well done. <laughs> but that's, that is what I would describe as too many of you, but <laughs> let's go with it. How's your own blood pressure, Chris? It's not been going well, mate. The the lower number of the two, like the the, the resting rate, that's gone above. I've got a table to look at, right, that says what's high, what's like. It's gone beyond what the table says. Like It stops at 100 and, oh, I don't know. That's quite oh, a large possibility of me dropping down dead while I'm on air. Still, say that. still, there's, you know, if, if I would be happy to go that way, giving, you know, sharing my love of Palace. I think if that cowbell goes off again, it might. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, okay, well, it's it's all been going a little bit mental, but um, if we can sort of recap, obviously, Zeki Fryers has definitely signed. Um, I think MacArthur has definitely signed, I'm right in saying. Um, it's hard to keep track of. Um, we've we've eliminated. Well, I've been, I did actually eliminate Kevin Doyle from my uh, from my list of names. Unfortunately, that's now back. From it seems to be very much on the cards with BBC West Midlands suggesting that that's going to be a done deal. We'll be speaking to Ed Malon about that very very shortly, probably in the next couple of minutes. Um, beyond that, uh, well, we certainly won't be signing Jermaine Defoe. Looks like Everton are in for Tom Cleverley, uh, but Cambu went to another club. Um, no more on, on Chris Wood. Has anyone got any more on Chris Wood, I wonder? Um, as, a, as a player, who, well, do we know much about him? Um, Patrick, you, you know much about Chris Wood? Um, I know that played lower league with, I'm going to say, he was alone <laughs> at Millwall for a while. He's a New Zealand. He's a New Zealand striker. So That's him. That's the guy, yeah. Right. I know against he's, us. Yeah, yeah I'm going to say that too. Exactly. Yeah. So. Um, he's a decent player, but I mean, he's much in the most. He's one of those tall strikers, good with head kind of thing. So, don't know why he would have added more. I don't think we've been happy with Wood or Doyle, to be honest with you. So, we'll see yeah, all right. I mean, it's yeah, it's, it's it's not exactly rich pickings, is it at the moment? No, not, not in the striking front, that's for sure. He's still young, the, right? He's only twenty-two. Yeah, he's very young. yeah, he is. And do you know what? He's he's not a bad player. Of all the players we've been linked with, if, if, if you accept that Wickham is not a realistic target, of all the strikers we've been linked with, Chris Wood is is certainly one that I would wouldn't mind at all. I think he's you know he's a he's a big big old lump. Uh, he for Millwall, he scored a hell of a lot of goals. He was pretty much responsible for the unfortunate thing of keeping them in the division a couple of seasons exactly. back. Right. He has also played for Brighton, which is slightly frustrating. But um, yeah. I... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, just complete the complete the set of of clubs and come and play for the best one, maybe. But um, obviously, there's some suggestion we were put off by the fee. Uh, Nick, um, yeah, I'm in the chat room, wholeradio.net slash chat. Uh, Biff twenty six has put in that Warnock has reported that four signings are wanted. I don't know where he's got that from. Just that was earlier today. Yeah, was yeah. it? Yeah. Um, okay. that, they were going to be two defenders, a midfielder, and a striker. Uh, obviously, we've seen one defender and one midfielder come in, which would suggest there's still a defender we're looking for, and, and it's definitely still a forward we're looking for. Uh, again, and obviously the rumours being that that forward is is Kevin Doyle. <clears throat> really struggling with that. Well, still, um, go on. where's he come from, this Doyle? Doyle, you must remember Kevin Doyle played in the Premier, Premier League with Reading. Um, currently well, at Wolves. Um, right. I think basically Reading. I think it was possibly even when Coppel was in charge. Brought him over from Ireland. Similar time that they brought over Shane Long. And um, yeah, is he as uh, good as Mrs. Doyle from Father Ted? I think they're of a similar ability now. 
Oh, right. <laughs> but I'm willing. I am more than willing to be proved incorrect with that. Um, I really am. I say it's interesting. Sometimes a player does need a change of scenery to to, to get back to the, his best form. You know, he went for quite an, quite a lot of money, didn't he, Kevin Doyle? I think Wolves paid quite a lot from him from Reading. Um, so I, I don't think there's a. I don't think it's necessarily fair to be quite as negative as we all are. Uh, even though I can't help myself, but. It, you know, he did. He did promise uh, quite an awful lot as a young player. I mean, I think yeah. There you go. I've just checked. He's thirty years old now. So yeah, I suppose not. I wouldn't say it's towards the end of his career or anything like that. He's probably got a good two, three years left in, in him at a good level. You'd hope, but it's what he's done for the for the last few seasons. He's not really. He went from being a player who who was really was knocking a minute at Reading. You know, joined them from Cork and and and. You know, he's putting the ball in the back of the net, but he just stopped doing that. became became like a target man, leading the line on his own almost. And, and I don't know if that's what I suppose in one of the formations we use. Maybe that's what we need. But I, you know, I'm just after goals, really. If we're going to sell, if, if it's to replace Glenn Murray, Glenn Murray was was goals for us. Okay, last season was difficult. He was out for most of it. Came back still looking for fitness and form, but. Kevin Doyle doesn't really equal goals to me, and I, like I said, I'd love to be proved wrong, but that's my worry. Nick, yeah, uh, in the chat room again, holradio.net slash chat. Lee Bowman said he was good seven or eight years ago, but not now, and shouldn't be joining us in the prem where we are. We're taking steps backwards with this. And Booted Eagle said Doyle looked good for Wolves when they were relegated, but that was a few seasons ago, and he struggled with injury. He thought we might get another Premier League loan from a top club tonight. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's one of these. That's, I don't know. I don't know what the again teams aren't really keen to loan their best players out. Um, mm. You know, what I mean, we need good players. Um, I'm just, I just don't really understand how Doyle was the best we've been left with. But if that is the case, and that's the case, you get behind him. You see what you can do. Apparently, there is breaking news. Tony, you wanted to break it? Uh, yeah, just uh, the the Murray isn't a permanent move. It's um, supposedly it's a loan move. So basically, each, both players swapping. Hmm. Well, not swapping. They don't. They play for yeah. One swapping from Wolves. <laughs> sorry, yes, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, he's, yeah, I forgot. He's not. He's not Reading anymore. No, but no, no. The Murray. The Murray one supposedly is is a loan. It's, oh, okay. Uh, See, I mean, that's le- less less heartbreaking. If true. Much less heartbreaking. If true. Um, there was a funny joke on Twitter where someone said breaking news on Murray and then put he's just beaten Songa. Oh, but yeah. Okay. Bloody tense. That was. Um, uh, go on. Have go we on, had Nick. any? Sorry, have we had any other players go? Because um, I, I had a feeling McCarthy might no, go. Because, and... Well, I talked about all the the rumours out earlier. I'll go. I'll go through some of the rumours out that we've had today. Um, obviously, Murray's one we've covered. Garvin was rumoured to be off to Bolton. Heard nothing. Uh, waiting to hear if that happened. Uh, Jerome Thomas apparently left the training ground in a taxi quite early. Um, Again, nothing doing there in terms of, of any kind of reports of what happened to him. Um, earlier on today, there was a, a rumour that Jason Punchin was was leaving the training ground to go and discuss terms to, to Aston Villa, but that's been rubbished quite comprehensively, I believe. So uh, those were the only ones that were really rumoured out that I've seen. Um, so, mm. yeah. I thought I, we'd have a bigger clear out than that, but I mean, there's still, what, 50 minutes to go. It's It, it normally all... All goes a bit mental, doesn't it? In the last, it does. And, and if you think fringe players, if you're looking at the likes of maybe Garvin and, and Jerome Thomas to a point, because he's so rarely fit that you'd have to call him a fringe player. Um, 
if if you're looking at that sort of a player, then generally speaking, they're the sort of things that can get announced after the deadline's long past, um, and you, you sort of find out later on. Apparently, Five Live are confirming that Doyle is is going to is is joining us. Well, he's had a yeah. We struggled to find anyone who really wanted that to be the case. Um, again, until the club confirm anything officially, we won't be announcing it as official. But it looks increasingly likely. Um, I don't know why Tony's telling me Gabbard on to Cardiff's a done deal. He doesn't play for us anymore. Cheers, mate. Used um, to. <laughs> yeah, all right. So did a lot of players. Can we call him? Uh, can we call him Gabbard off now then? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, listen, we we do we do I do want to give um do want to give Ed mail on a call and see what's going on there. So we'll uh, we'll probably have to do this with the uh, sound of the phone playing if we can. So just waiting for that to happen. Um hmm. uh, yeah, but we were talking to Ed about the the potential uh, confirmation that Kevin Dorr is joining the club. Um and we'll certainly get Ed's opinion on that as well. This is also a a massive Palace fan, as well as the uh, Deputy News Editor for The Guardian. Good. There we go. Let's silence when a phone rings. It's great. Hello? Hey, Ed. Hello, mate. It's Hi, Chris uh, Happen on Whole Radio. You all right? Yeah, not too bad. How are you? Yeah, I'm okay, I think. <laughs> so, um, I think, the, well, well, we want to talk about the, uh, the Kevin Doyle situation. Are you hearing that's a done deal? No, not that it's done, but that uh, they're still trying to push it through. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, it's been rumoured all day, hasn't it? I think originally it was sort of a backup option, but uh, I know that yeah, originally they were looking for Chris, Chris Wood, which was quite widely reported, wasn't it, from Leicester. Yeah. Um, but it sounds like that's not going to happen because Leicester weren't able to buy a replacement. Oh, so, right. Uh, yeah, so they've obviously switched to... Um, Kevin Doyle, and yeah, they're hoping to do a loan deal for him, which uh, he's not not playing the Premier League for for a while, so it'd be interesting to see how he gets on. And if that does go through, then then uh, I've heard that that Murray may be allowed to leave. I think Reading uh, uh, in pole position for that one. Yeah, some suggestion that that might be a loan deal, apparently, but which would probably ease the pain a little bit. What's your view on on the signing of Doyle if that happens? Well, as I said, it's been a while since he's played in the Premier League. He's had a few bad, bad seasons. Um, you know, the Wolves it didn't go very well for, for them as a, as a club, really. So, mm. uh, but he, I mean, he has scored goals in the Premier League, but it's been it's been a while, hasn't it? So, it certainly has. Um, well, I mean, on the other hand, um, it's good for for Dwight Gale. I think he deserves a proper chance. You know, he's showed by this season already, and, and the end of last season, obviously. He's a quality, quality finisher. It was still very, very raw. Uh, yeah, it could be good news for him, really. Um, but yeah, I mean, personally, I'd like to see Glenn Murray stay because uh, I'd like to think he could. He hasn't really had a proper chance in the Premier League. And he did a right at the end of last season, obviously coming back from from an injury as well. And uh, we all know he can he can definitely finish. We saw yeah, that absolutely. In the um, in but, terms you know, of. If they, if they want to get somebody in, it's better to have somebody there than, than no one, you know. Yeah, definitely. Uh, if in, in terms of the other deals that have been done today, it seems to have been yet again another one of those windows where we're trying to sort of we're almost agonising over the announcement of deals that are that are sort of rumoured so early on, um, and things just sort of, yeah. every now and then you get that report that something's broken down. I mean, what, so what goes on there? 
Well, I think if you look across today, it's it's been the same for everyone, really. There, there wasn't really, apart from the Falcao deal earlier on, there wasn't really any major signings actually confirmed. It was all sort of rumours, wasn't it, for most of the day. Yeah. Actually, I was in, in the office earlier working, and, and really, and there was stuff going on, and there were stories and people talking, you know, but there was nothing actually confirmed. And until there was, you know, there's a lot of things that need to be done, like the medical, and uh, well, some, you know, someone fine before the medical is properly cleared, it's, you know, it's subject to a medical. So, and, and there's lots of, you know, sort of domino effects of clubs that don't want to let a player go until they've got the replacement in and stuff like that. So, yeah. it can take a while. But I think, um, you know, we had, we had James McArthur there quite early. Yeah. And Zeki Fry, there was rumours that he was going to go off to QPR. But I think that was just a rumour. I don't think there was anything really in that. I think uh, we were always in pole position. So, really, considering what's happened... Um, you know, they've, they've done pretty well to get in targets in the two main positions, which were left back and central midfield, and potentially a striker as well. So, you know, it's not so bad. We've given him a few days to work with, and there's not much structure there anymore with uh, Ian Moody having left as well. So, yeah. that's a really um, good Yeah, really not good too point. bad. Yeah, really good point, actually, that, you know, they, considering. You know, just what a breakdown there was in the structure there. That it's amazing we've actually managed to turn over any business. Um, in terms of the, the structure, get just a last little bit for you. Getting the the man that we brought in. What was your view on of uh, bringing in Neil Warnock? Uh, personally, I was I was a bit surprised, but then thinking about it, um, it was you know it, it's obviously just Steve Parrish is obviously well, and the other decision makers have obviously just got it fed up of being messed around and people telling them what they what they want and and. You know, the number of times we've had people walk out with us in the last few years, yeah. I think he knows with Neil Warnock that he's not going to do that. At least, you know, he's going to have faith in him. Whether he's the right man to keep us up is, is another question. And, like, got a lot to prove. He's definitely got a point to prove, which, which is also positive. But, you know, um, I'm not sure if he's the right man personally. Um, but if he's tactically, uh, defensively especially, you know, Started leaking goal. I know it was only his first game on, on Saturday, and we got a good, good point and everything. But whether he, he's, I, mean, I can't imagine if he was many clean sheets as Pulis did, just because he was so hot on on that, you know, defensive wise. Yeah, um, but you know, he's, he's definitely got a point through. And more, yeah, everyone knows Warner is a very determined man. Yeah. Hopefully, he can he can he can do it. And, and you know, after Sheffield United, everyone remembers. West Ham getting relegated, uh, sorry, relegating yeah. Sheffield United with Tevez and Mascherano signed against the rules. Really, they you know could have easily gone the other way. So that that will be driving Neil Warnock. Definitely. Okay, Ed. Thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. No worries. All right. Take Cheers, care. Mate. Nice one. Bye now. Bye. There you go. Still waiting on on any kind of confirmation from that. Um, we've had plenty of contact come in. Uh, Nick's got a few things there for me. Nick. Yeah, a couple of bits on Twitter. It's going to be quiet on Twitter at Whole Radio. Uh, Richard Jeffries at richjeff one says, "I hope we give Kevin Doyle a chance. He deserves that much, and I'm I'm pretty sure that we will do. You know, we're not going to we're not going to coat him before he's kicked the ball for us, are we?" Um, and uh, Mark Bonici at Mark Bonici uh, says, "Murray is a 30 goal of the season Championship striker. We haven't given him the chance he deserves, and he feels it's a bad wage saver, which is." Um, Interesting. Hmm. It is interesting. <laughs> Very interesting. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I may have been reading a text message. I apologise. Didn't. And um, in the chat room, um, 
Wales Eagle says, I know FFS is alone, but we'll need a decent replacement. Interestingly, I've said that word again. Interesting. Better have a drink. Mm-hmm. Um, that um, Danny Murphy on Five Live earlier saying how bad it was or how bad he felt. So that's my coffee machine turning off in the background. Uh, how bad Wait. he felt when he was um, hey. off on loan. I'm just going to mute. Hang on. Yeah. All right. Bye. <laughs> um, that is possibly my favourite. Oh God! Wow, wow. Um, I'm just reading that uh, Glenn Murray is apparently fifty-fifty to join Reading. He wants to play games, and that, that's Mark Ritson, who we spoke to earlier, was saying that. Um, coffee machine in the middle of the bloody show. Honestly, <laughs> unbelievable. It, it went into auto shutdown. It's, it's, it's stopped now. It won't happen. Oh, oh, has it? Thanks, Nick. We'll just wait for the dishwasher and the washing machine to go. Yeah, because because you're getting on a bit and you need the coffee to stay awake. It is part of right. your bedtime. All right, guys, let's uh, <laughs> let's get the focus back. Come on, um, say let's get the focus back. If anyone does want to uh, don't make a point or anything we discussed tonight or anything that they've now heard, particularly uh, I think the Kevin Doyle situation is um, causing the most angst. You can get in contact with us today. It's at HOL Radio. You can uh, go to holradio.net forward slash contact, or you can give us a call. It's o two o eight. One two three four zero nine eight. That is o two o eight. One two three four zero nine eight. As we edge slowly towards that <laughs> closing of the transfer window, um, I think the, I think I'm right in saying that the transfer window doesn't close; it only slams shut. Is that right? Mm. There you go. They take the clangor out the bell. I don't know what you mean. With the cowbell, they they remove the clangor from All the right, cowbell. All right, see what you mean. See what you mean. Okay. Um, Stephen Dykes at Agent Twenty Two Eight Seven Eight Five said that uh, this might be the chance to bring Kai Kai on. Um, it's a possibility, goes. isn't it? I mean, the, what what you've always got to bear in mind on this is it, it's very very hard to say whether a young player is going to be up to it. Now, Kai Kai went on loan with Hiram Bote went on loan to Crawley last year, and neither of them really played at all. Um, and that's a, that's a League One level, and I'm I really do want to see us bring through bring through young players. I absolutely would love to see that, but they have got to be good enough. And I think we're a different we're in a really difficult situation actually. The being in being a Premier League club, it's so hard to actually bring these players through now. And Kai Kai is one who he he was on the bench for uh, for the cup game against Walsall. Um, although it looks like Jake Gray's perhaps moved ahead of him in development because Jake Gray was the one who actually got off the bench, um, and and probably is, is the the most likely to sort of get his chance in the side. But I cannot honestly see much from the academy getting uh, getting a chance in the Premier League. I really can't. Uh, not not for this season, or not until at least till we're uh, a bit more stable. I think what we need now is. It's quality and also experience, and I, and I think we have a bit of that at the club. And I really hope that the confidence that gets in, you know, that, that the manager can instill into them now, uh, sort of gets us a little bit further up the table before we can start thinking about using younger players. Um, but yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. You don't want to shut shut the door to anyone trying to break through. But um, there you go. I mean, talking about younger players, funny enough, one of the players we were linked with earlier in the day was uh, Demarai Gray, who plays for Birmingham. Um, I honestly hadn't heard of the guy before earlier on today, so I had a look up and tried to find out a few bits, a few things about him. And uh, you know, he's a, he's a young winger. He's only 18 years old. Uh, play. He's only, according to Wikipedia, he's played 10 games for Birmingham. Uh, start made his debut last season. Scored a goal. Um, 
yeah, promising player if he's if he's getting in the England under eighteen squad. He's played three games for them, um, but you obviously look look at the club still trying to build for the future. It seems, um, which is is a, is a positive thing. I think we do have a caller. Hello. Hello. Hi. 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 Um, I'm just calling in. Um, this might be a little bit off topic, off topic guys, but I'm wondering uh, what exactly happened outside the training ground. Do you guys have any idea? What happened outside the training ground? Do you mean with the uh, the banner? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Because basically, I don't. Basically, we were there, and then all of a sudden, we we saw flares and stuff. Didn't you guys know what happened? Yeah, yeah, we talked about it a little bit earlier on. There was a uh, anti-Sky banner from uh, from some of the HF lads, apparently, which, uh, oh. which Sky will no longer go. <laughs> will no yeah, longer yeah, yeah. Go. <laughs> I saw that. I saw, um, I saw Sky. I saw Sky getting escorted by two police vans. So I'm sure they're they're not going back there again. But you know, we thought for a second us as fans when we saw when we saw just two fans pop up, then we just saw. You know, I thought it was Millwall or someone else just coming and chasing us down <laughs> for a second. I thought it was Millwall just coming and chasing us down. Then we started running. Then I lost my shoe. So I was like, no, I'm not going to lose my shoe. So I went and picked up my shoe. Then now I, I don't know where I went. I went back you know, This is the best call ever. Uh, then I went sure? to the goal centre there. Yeah. Then now I'm just walking. I don't know where I am. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Clear the scientists don't want me to watch Sky, so I'm not watching Sky anymore. So, you know, they've got yep. me there. Fair, fair play. Oh, there they are. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Stop running. That is one of my favourite things ever. Oh, oh I can't wait to listen back to that later. <laughs> um, well, he is right. It was slightly off topic, wasn't it? Um <clears throat> So yeah. Anyway, I was uh, was just taking us taking us through the fact that we were. Um, I'm just trying to just trying to catch up with things. Someone said medical failed. I don't know who's talking about what. Oh. So I've seen a that was Len Murray tweet. on Twitter. Yeah. So what's what's Kevin Doyle's the deal with that? Just ignore that sound. Uh, what who, who who failed what medical? Sorry. Doesn't matter. All right. Okay. So is that just Mark saying it again? Um, no, I just bit... said I I, I uh, I've seen a positive comment about Doyle. Oh, okay. On Twitter, <laughs> well, from right. Luke Constable, he says, "Think we could do worse than Doyle? Good finisher, decent pace, and can hold the front line. Not ideal, but not the worst." There you go. That's um, a bit of bit of reason from Luke. Well done, Luke. You've uh, you've been the bigger man, <laughs> and uh, much appreciated. Um, Okay, I want to talk about a few other things while we're waiting for news to come in. Um, there's been a few. Uh, I'll, let's talk, we were talking about the Newcastle game earlier on. We didn't talk about the major event of that, which I think is because it almost goes without saying. And it was Wilf putting away the goal to make it three-three in the last minute. It was just meant to be. It was it was his moment. He was back playing for the club where he was so successful. Um, 
I, those of you, obviously all of you would have seen that. If you could just sort of take me through what you thought when you when you saw him tuck that ball away. I'll start with you, Tony. I couldn't stop laughing. It was like the 95th minute. He just, I just, I was just like, I think as you said, it was just, it was just written to be, wasn't it? You know, all, all the turmoil. I think, I think it was a great tweet I saw earlier in the week with, um, it was um, Wilf with that t-shirt he had on the last day of the season, um, last season, and uh, they'd replaced the replaced the wording with "Thanks for wasting a year of my career." Uh, <laughs> yeah, I did say that. Yeah. And I just thought, I just thought, yeah, there's, there's, there's a great way to sort of say to United, okay, you didn't think I was good enough. Well, look, I'm going to have an absolute storm and I'm going to score a goal. This is what you're missing, and you wonder why you're languishing at the moment near the bottom of the Premiership. No, I yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, yeah, no. so, so, Patrick, were you like me? Were you running around the room screaming when that ball went in? Well, my son is an absolutely huge uh, Wilfred Zaha fan, so I'm, I'm upstairs watching the match. He's down in the basement, and I screamed, and then he screamed. And we both ran each other on the staircase when the ball went. I was just—it was unbelievable. <laughs> it was just a ridiculous feeling. And you know, I actually tweeted half jokingly that he was going to score. I just had a feeling he was going to score. I don't know why, because Wolf doesn't score that many goals. But it was just written in the stars, you know, with him coming back and so all the negativity going around the club for the last two, three weeks. Then to score that goal at that point, his reaction was so brilliant. He runs around, his face is all lit up. He's running, to, he's running around looking for someone to hug. It was, it was brilliant. It was just a, one of the best feelings I've, I've ever had as a Palace fan. It really was. Yeah, so it, I just, um, I had this weird, uh, like, clear, translucent fluid that kept coming out my eye. <laughs> 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 too sure what it was. But... Um, <laughs> But I mean, hopefully that doesn't happen again because it didn't feel particularly uh, masculine of me. But um, it was just—it was beautiful. Uh, Mark, I'm going to let you eulogise about it for a little while because I think we might have to lose lose you and one other in a minute because Gels just appeared. Oh, it was—it was just uh, a moment to savour. It was—it was a fantastic game, you know, entertainment-wise, and and it was just the icing on the cake. And I'm so pleased for Wilf as well because. Uh, you know he's such a part of Palace, and and you know he deserved his move, and no one held it against him, and we got decent money for him, and then, you know, he was just frozen out completely, and and it was just great. He just looked so thrilled, didn't he? It was a bit of a Marco Tardelli celebration, wasn't it? Really? Oh, help! The way he help. ran away. <laughs> Nineteen eighty-two World Cup final. I remember that one. Yeah. All right. Two years old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. Leave the age out, all right? Give it a rest. <laughs> no, but it, but I was I was just I was genuinely pleased for him, and uh, I think uh, credit to Warnock for um, you know for his substitutions. I know he's forced into a lot of them, but he could have gone a bit defensive, but he didn't, and uh, um, and he got his reward. But uh, it, when they when they did score in the 88th minute, I just I just thought this is so Palace, you know, but. But then was, to get yeah, the goal, you know, that's just it. It was, it was just... Palace. It was a proper Palace moment, and it was a you know, it was a it was a proper Palace player, an exciting young talent who came from from through the academy squad, and you know, just came back home and just delivered, which was it was great to see. It really was, and um, so it took me a long, long while to calm down from that. I'm not completely sure I still have. Uh, it, it's yeah, it's a beautiful moment. Um, Nick, I don't. I suppose I better give you a chance to talk about Wilf. Well, I was I was quite chastised because I was at a family gathering 
at me uh, <laughs> brother-in-law's and there were about 20 of us there and I took my laptop which didn't go down very well so I could watch the stream and I was in the garden watching the stream they were all playing rounders and we all scored and I ran round the rounders thing just screaming oh yeah and they said oh has he scored has he um Bubs is in the chat room wholeradio.net slash chat um, he was at the game and he said, I absolutely lost it and gestured very inappropriately towards um, <laughs> the Newcastle fans below me. <laughs> I also shoved my fist into a steward's face. He was trying to push me back and said, have some of that. <laughs> I don't know if like that. Which reminds me of um, going back to that cup final. Um, I was uh, in the, uh, the first match of the cup final. Um, a week before I dislocated my finger at work and I had a giant metal splint around my um, middle finger and where I was was uh, the Virgin kind of uh, area the sponsor area and I had some Man United fans in front of me and I was winding them up all the game and when Ian Wright put us 3-2 up I tapped the Man United in front of me and I went to raise my fist and go Ian F in right forgetting that I had this giant splint of a middle finger sort of poking in his face which is quite funny <laughs> Oh, I suppose okay. you had to be there. Uh, so anec- anecdotes <laughs> from Nick will definitely be sampling that one for another time as well. I loved it. Can you guys um, imagine okay. the reception that's going to happen when we play Burnley in a couple of weeks? Uh, it's, going to be, it's going to be so ridiculous. It's going to be like, I, I, the, the only thing I can liken it to is, is the emotion and the, the, the cheer that happened when Glenn came back last year. That's, that's the closest it's going to get. Yeah, no, definitely. And... and but like you say, I think it's probably going to surpass that. I think it's going to be, you know, it's weirdly, weirdly, there was you had just like for the situation, I suppose, with um, with Neil Warnock rejoining the club. There are still some doubters around for that. But with Wilf, there are quite a lot of people saying, why, why are we constantly trying to go back? Why are we constantly trying to sort of relive the glory days? And I think it was interesting to see that in one substitute appearance, everyone just suddenly go, okay. Yeah, fair play. Yeah. It was different. It was different. Okay, I remember I was saying that he's not proved anything in the Premier League, but I've just seen that. And yeah, okay. exactly. Hopefully, uh, they've lost the um, the Italian music though. Yeah. So, um, Nick, it's it's interesting. We we talk about players who only do well for one club, and and Wilf seems to be one of those, doesn't he? Hopefully, another Matt Letizia, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. I'm just hearing that um, Gabidon's gone to Cardiff as a yeah, player we mentioned, coach. I was a player's coach. Was it? We did mention that earlier, and I was all stroppy about the fact he doesn't play for Palace. Uh, but now you've got to mention it again. Um, <laughs> so, like, what do I say now? We'll have to do a whole radio gold station, won't we? <laughs> <laughs> we will, yeah. That's exactly the sort of vehicle you need, I think. Thank you. <laughs> I need one of them vehicles they used to have around the edge of Stamford Bridge many, many years ago. Another reference I don't get, for God's sake. Dog track. I love it when you don't get them. It's every <laughs> reference I don't get. Um, I'm gonna, I need, get them. <laughs> exactly. I really need a break, and we're going to see if we can recover Mr. Joe Holyoke for the final leg of this show as we go towards deadline day. Um, deadline day? It is deadline day. The deadline. I don't know. See, it's difficult. It's really difficult doing this for three hours. Have one of Nick's coffees. Um, the machine's right. turned off. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's the last thing I need, isn't it? Damn it. All right, well, listen, we'll, we're going to have a little bit of a break and we'll be back in a moment. Are you 
having trouble getting a seat at Palace this year? Is being part of the best club in South London somehow not giving you the joy you used to get by watching ageing cloggers falling over the ball and kicking each other? Then why not get a season ticket at Charlton? We're an incredibly well-run club. We've got it all, a sparsely populated stadium, a team of players you've either never heard of or assumed retired 15 years ago, hot Bovril, an exotic owner and manager, and specially adapted seats that will comfortably fit even the largest anorak, as well as having a specially designed holder for your thermos flask. Every Tuesday we hold a supporters day at the club, where tens of dedicated fans join players and staff in training drills, including conga line tactics, custard pie throwing, and diving from a really high diving board into a tiny paddling pool. We're a short walk from Charlton Station, where you can spend hours before the game and after the game carefully noting down engine numbers from your favourite modern locomotives. So come join our incredibly well-run club. Sure, we've changed owners repeatedly of late, fired talented and popular managers and decimated our squad, but it's only a matter of time before we're back where we belong, League One. Did I mention we're an incredibly well-run club? Without any unfairs. There would be none of this. So, <laughs> there's some sort of a sniffing sound there. I don't know what's happened. Alex? Um... Oh, no, it wasn't me. No, you sure? It's not sure. a sniff. Do you know what? I've come to the conclusion it's a noise I make with my mouth when I talk a lot because I breathe out the back of my mouth when I talk a lot. So, there you go. Do you want to not do that? That's bit I'm, I'm, I'm working towards it. Let's put it that All way. Right. I'm still voting for debilitating coke habit myself. All right. <laughs> This. We were at our lunch. We used to work at. I used to be a cheesemaker many years ago. Little known fact about me. And we was on our lunch break, and we were talking about what happens if you get trapped in your car and it catches fire. And and uh, Terry said, "Well, I keep a big knife by me. Uh, I've got a big knife to cut myself out of my seatbelt if I get trapped." And I said, "Well, what happens if the police stop you? Is this all right? I keep in the boot." All <laughs> 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 this. I'm very late and feel very, very rough today. But that's another story. But, uh, mm, <laughs> smack bottom. HOLradio.net slash donate. Get involved with the show. Email radio at homestyle.net or call us on 0208 1234 Homestyle Radio. Voices for Palace Watch. Faces for Crime Watch. Well, that jingle definitely needs updating um, because you don't email radio at homestyle.net anymore. You go to holradio.net forward slash contact. Um, you can also give us a call on 0208 1234098. It's good that I now remember that number. Or just tweet us to at holradio. Um, there are some tweets I did want to pick up on now we're back. Um, da, 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 da. <laughs> just just stalling for time. Don't, don't draw attention to it. Uh, Ian Lyons is asking Nick for a macchiato, macchiato with chocolate sprinkles. Um, Crystal Palace GIFs uh, have noticed that uh, when we signed Cameron Jerome last year, had the same reaction from Palace fans as Doyle is getting now. Hashtag give him a chance. So that's pretty. Uh, that's, that's a very good point, actually, Patrick. What do you think? Uh, we uh, people I, did write off Cameron Jerome. Yeah, I tweeted that as the same exact thing. Um, when Cameron Jerome signed, no one was excited about that. No. And he did a fantastic job for us, didn't he? 
he really did a great job and um, he didn't score a lot of goals, but he was very important to what we did last year. And people were, funny enough, people were actually saying, why don't we just re-sign Cameron Jerome? <laughs> the thing is, he actually signed for somebody else. I mean, I don't know where he went. He's uh, Yeah, Norwich. He went. Norwich, yeah. exactly. So, um, but no, listen, I'm always willing to give, uh, I always say, I was willing to give new manager a chance, new players a chance, so they prove me wrong. So I've got no problem with Kevin Doyle signing. I don't love it. And I obviously I love Glenn, but I'm willing to give him a chance. I hope he does come in and score some important goals for us because we're going to need them for sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I suppose one of the things he does bring, if he, you know, if it is him that joins, he does bring a, a sense of well, he brings mobility to that front line in exactly the same way that uh, Jerome did. Um, you know, and he was he was always one of those players when he played against us. He was a real pain, sort of you know, covered quite a lot of ground. Other than the last time he played against us for Wolves, uh, last time I saw him, at, for, um, pretty sure that the home game uh, against Wolves was after the away game, because I, I vividly remember the home game. Um, he did nothing. I'll probably right, find. Right. I'll probably find out he was not wasn't even on the pitch. Now, if I go back and look at it, but, <laughs> but there you go. That's how little he did. <laughs> but I can't. Right. I can't honestly tell you if he was on the pitch or not. But um, yeah, his record's not bad, Chris. I mean, I looked at the numbers on Wikipedia just real quickly. His numbers aren't bad. So, like you know, he hasn't scored. He hasn't done well lately, but he got off to a great start in his career. So, I'm really hoping he can recapture it. And you know, come, coming back to Premier Premier League, where obviously he probably never get a chance to play back there again. Has got a spur guy on, especially if it's only alone until January. He's got what three months to prove himself. So I'm hoping that he's a motivated type of player who'll come, you know, come through for us. So let's see what happens. Um, go on then, Nick. Um, I've got another question for you. We were talking about Wilf, and what I wanted to finish. Sorry, what I wanted to go on from that with was in a fully fit squad. Where does Wilf play? Who does he come in for? That's a difficult one, isn't it? Um, opposite wings with Balassi, I think, because they try and outdo each other, don't they? If you know what I mean. Yeah, they they do, but then so Jason Punchin's not in this, not in your ideal. Yeah, side. but the, the thing is, he's so good at finishing, isn't he? Could you imagine uh, Wilf and Gale up front together? Oh uh, well, Wilf and Gale up front together. I suppose that could work. Interestingly. Thing is, I, I can't even remember who said it now. It was, I was I possibly would have been a uh, no. It's gone. It was definitely one of our one of our managers or coaches who said that Will Wilf could actually play in behind the striker, and I've never seen him play that. Never seen him play in that role. Um, I, he could have a free role, Wilf, really, couldn't he? When he's on fire. Yeah, I guess so. Um, but yeah, I suppose that's another way of using him. But I, I'm just racking my brains to see where everyone fits in and I know you definitely have to have a squad in this in this division because exactly like we've, we've seen already this season people just people go people get injured people get suspended and you've got to be able to cope but unfortunately uh, you know I, I can also see that well we've, we've got to make a sacrifice somewhere if you take Balassi out you lose his pace and unpredictability because he's got a bit more of that than, than punching so yeah he, so then, if you take but you take punching out, you lose the goal threat, and you lose you lose that little bit of class that he has. Um, yeah, there's some reaction in the um, in the chat room. Um, Lee Bowman says Zaha and Balassi must play together. Uh, Lee Bowman again says that they were both in the team of the year two years ago. But he says, you know, where does that leave Punch? Uh, Bub said he'd like to give Wilf a free roll like Warnock gave Moses at the end of his time here. And Regal Eagle said, why don't we just go to three at the back? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we said that Tony was talking about that earlier. Um, hold on a second. We haven't only we haven't got Joe Holyoke there, have we? Uh, can you hear me? Yeah. 
Jail. <laughs> right. Listen, I am on Skype on my laptop, and my wife has just bought her thing out from the front room, whatever it's called, and I'm now talking to you on that. Interesting. A thing out from the front room. Is it a coffee machine? Yes, yeah. You've you've missed all the fun of Nick's coffee machine. Anyway, look, unless we can get your live reaction to the things that Palace have done today, uh, we've signed Zeki Fry as a left back. Right. Any good? <laughs> uh, yeah, Pacey, mate. I'm, I'm not too sure. Not played an awful lot of games. Um, How old is it? Uh, what, twenty-one, maybe something like that. Good. Um, played against us for Man United. Uh, in that game we beat him in where Ambrose scored uh, and then you have he went to standard Liège to get out of his contract at Man U and so Tottenham didn't have to pay compensation for him and then he went to Charlton's first to team that, it? what's that? Charlton's first team standard Liège yeah, yeah I think it is now you're quite right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go so reasonable calibre you know was very highly rated been through England youth levels, so that's quite promising, isn't it? Oh, good, good. MacArthur? Oh, MacArthur has signed, yeah. Well, wait, where does he play? <laughs> Sen- <laughs> fucking hell, Joe. Sen- <laughs> Sen- Sen- Sellers Park now. See, yeah, Sellers Park, yeah. No, he's a yeah, uh, centre midfielder, good range of passes, good that. engine. I've just ignored, why would I even want to know about pub football? I don't, we're in the Premier League, not that. Oh, I'm bloody hell. Oh, wow. Joe <laughs> is in controversial mood this morning. Oh, this I'm really tired. I just got in from work. I'm really tired. But, right. So, how much yeah. How much have we paid? Um, under £7 million for for MacArthur. I don't know the exact amount, but less what, than... For a relegated paid... championship player? Yeah, less than we paid for Gale, but um, oh. not much less by the sounds of it. Really? I, I heard that we were going to break our transfer record for Yeah, him. we didn't. It was been confirmed that that is not the case. Um, really don't know what we paid for Fries. People were talking about £5 million at one stage. I can't think it would be anywhere near that. Um, yeah, go on, Nick. Um, just from the chat room again, wholeradio.net slash chat. <coughs> According to North Wales Eagle, we are refusing ban and loan deals. Will he be a starter? Well, yeah, that that was confirmed by Bannon himself in a conversation with, with Ben Nagel earlier. Did you miss that? I missed that, yes. Sorry. Yeah, he did, yeah. Yeah, three deals we turned down. Um, oh, that's to, good. To let Bannon leave. Bannon wanted to go out and get football, but um, instead of, yeah, but instead we decided to keep him. So obviously Neil Warnock sees a, a future role for him in the team, at least in the near future anyway, maybe maybe while we've got a few injuries or something like that. Maybe it'll let him go if we've got a new couple more players in. Who knows? But certainly refused him a move so far. Um, when, uh, when I heard we signed this Zieg vote from Tottenham, the first thing I thought of was um, Pulp Fiction and the speech from Ezekiel. And I will strike down upon thee with furious vengeance. Oh, <laughs> I should play that if he ever scores. Uh, sure. Say the things that you're going to say in your head first, and then like just work <laughs> out. Okay, is, that, is that worth saying? And then like probably just generally say no. It's um, been a long day. I haven't been at yes. work for. Listen, eight I haven't. Months. I haven't broken the best news to Gel yet. Um, Gel looks like if we can get a striker in, we're going to let Murray go out temporarily to Reading. Um, and the striker we're going to replace him with is. See if you can guess. Go on. Go on, Connor Wickham. No, lower. Any, any, sorry? I said lower. <laughs> <laughs> on, All right. It, 
Do you remember Kevin Doyle? Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Listen, we're not gonna we're not gonna write him off. I just thought that'd be funny, and it was. Uh, <laughs> apologies to anyone offended by Joe's muted swearing there, but um, but there you go. We are past the uh, watershed. We're way past the watershed. We're I so can't believe I, I said effing L when you know eight o'clock. I'd have said the other one. You <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, um, in the chat room, they're saying, "Well, you know, we haven't got a striker shortage. If Zaha can play there, well, that's exactly." Oh, go on, Joe. Off you go. He's a striker. I, I just don't get where this winger thing comes from. He considers himself a striker. I keep telling you for ages and ages, he's a striker. We've got a striker. We got. Do you, do you remember who told you that he considers himself a striker? Yeah, he did. No, he told. Anyway, don't worry about it. Go on. He, he, he said in an interview on MUTV or whatever they call themselves that he considered himself a striker more than a winger. Are incorrect in the MUTV interview. He said he'd been playing as a winger, and could, so that that's where he was more comfortable at the moment. But in an exclusive chat with Whole Radio's Chris Hambling several years earlier, he revealed that he enjoyed playing as a striker. He wanted to play through the centre because he liked to get onto the flick-ons from the such people like Alan Lee. He said, "There you go, Hambo knows." Oh, we'd love a team of Alan Lees. <laughs> I dreamt of a team of Alan Lees. Team with Alan Lees. Didn't have a face left. <laughs> um, he was Mr. Headband, wasn't he? He was a bit. I've just picked up on a few tweets. Ollie Shaw is saying that Cameron Jerome was useless. Doyle is a decent signing, but instead of Murray question mark with a sort of a disbelieving miffed face. I don't know what the emoticon for that is. I'll have to look it up. Mikey uses it all the time whenever I insult him. Um, hmm. Uh, someone Paula rates Kevin Doyle though he was decent on loan at QPR last season that was from Mike Timms he's Paula uh, I don't know personally at Royal Days I don't know whoever that's that Mike is Mike Timms isn't it oh no yeah. that's yeah uh, Crouchy saying good show chaps thank you uh, knowing that Schmack is out for a few weeks surely loaning Murray out is pointless timing and he will get games that's if uh, that's the way we're going. You maybe think maybe perhaps Bannon's going to get that place in behind, or we're going to play two up top. Who knows? Who knows? I'd imagine Royal Days is a Reading fan, judging by that username. Yeah, I guess that's probably true, isn't it? Hmm. How long we got? Twelve minutes, chaps. I know that cowbell. I noticed. Well, the cowbell was played earlier on for the two signings we have made. Um, I honestly thought we'd have been a lot, lot busier than this, so it could get well. You, you're really just fingers crossed hoping for that last minute signing aren't you uh, in the meantime I do have things that we can uh, we can talk about while we're waiting uh, we were I was going to talk about the Shamak injury and, and what the implications were for us a lot of people have brought that up today uh, initially the uh, diagnosis was three to four weeks out I think it was Mark Ritson on earlier on who said that it's actually more likely to be two to three weeks which is um, obviously a lot more preferable and with the international break we don't actually lose him for that long but um, if I can ask you gentlemen who would be your pick to replace Mario and Schumach if we kept the same system start with you Nicholas is Ledley injured I could see him playing that role he did for a little bit didn't he but yes he yeah. is currently injured don't know, don't know what Joe he... Ward <laughs> he can play anywhere <laughs> alright I'm going to get sensible answers from you Patrick <laughs> yeah um, as I said before I'd like to see uh, either Wilf there or punch in there because I think having Balassi, Punch and Zaha on just for that 30 minutes on 
that they did on Saturday. They looked really, really good on the counter-attack. So with Gale up front, with those three behind him, I think it would be brilliant. Not having him, then maybe put Campbell up there because I think Campbell's due for some goals and Campbell and Gale might be decent together. I think we can't we can't really lose but which way we go, but I think I think we're best best probably putting Punch in there and or Wilf and go from there. Certainly we're gonna accommodate Wilf, I can see the logic in moving Punch from centrally, yeah, but or, or indeed playing Wilf there himself. Uh right. Joel, Stuart O'Keefe in behind or do you got another <laughs> <laughs> Why'd you mock? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I know you're upset at the moment and I can't help myself. It's like poking a bear with a stick. <laughs> Come on, Joe. Who do you, you, uh, you like in behind the uh, front player in place of Murray? Murray. Murray. Yeah. Murray. Because yeah. I, I'd, say, I'd, I'd say for why. Because that goal, the, the third goal against Liverpool, typified Murray's guile. Um, he doesn't have to be the, the type of player to try and out, out jump everyone, and you know he just has he just has a touch and he has an awareness of other players and, and an awareness to put a ball through, and um, and that typified you know he's he's thinking. I mean he could have literally chested that and then smacked it himself, but he didn't. I just I just think he's a him and Shamak are very much a very much the same player, but I think. I just think Murray offers more. Just, just his. I think it's just his age goes against him. You know, I, I think where, where the age is switched, I think we'd all be saying Murray. I really yeah. do. The thing is, with Murray's th- uh, thirty-one. Is he? I think he's thirty-one. Shortly, I don't think he's thirty-two. Shortly, uh, but I mean, it's not like Doyle's exactly that much younger. Um, and when we're looking to replace one with the other, it does make me wonder what on earth's going on. Having said that. Um, it, Murray definitely does need games because of that year out. It's it's a little bit different, isn't it? When if he if he if he was sort of fit and raring to go and had been playing matches all last season, you know, it, you could kind of make a case for keeping him in. You know, well, Doyle, Doyle's thirty one. I did, did, did you get him back to? I, I listened to Five Live yet earlier, and I listened to uh, who's that mug from Man United on the Sky. Um, <laughs> Yeah, could be any. Yes, him, right? And he, he, what he was saying was, there's a huge shortage of defenders at the moment, but there's, a, you know, there's tons and tons of attackers. Why, why can't we be looking? At, if, if we've got the money, why can't we be looking at a, a top, top class a striker? I'm sure Hull or someone like that have signed like a Uruguayan international striker today. I mean, why, why can we? Why are we looking at people like 31 year old Doyle? I mean, if we're going to have Doyle, we, you know, we should have kept Super Kev. <laughs> yeah, I mean, technically retired now, but um, yeah. No, but I'm saying you is, yeah. he has huge awareness. He's a natural finisher. You know, he's still got it. He obviously still got it. But what I'm saying is, I, I don't know why we're not trying to sign a, you know, like a foreign shop. You're saying it for ages. You know, if, if the money's there, we should be looking at signing, a, you know, a substantially decent a striker for, mm. for a fair amount of cash. It's, and really. It's a frustration, Joe. But I mean, obviously, there's suggestions today that a uh, move for Connor Wickham was refused. Uh, certainly, that we were trying to get Chris Wood off of Leicester, uh, and that couldn't be agreed. Agreed, mainly apparent. Well, um, it was Ed Aarons who was on who said it suggested it was because 
we couldn't get um, that Leicester couldn't get a replacement in, so wouldn't let him go. So we've obviously tried elsewhere, but it does make you wonder that if the, the best on offer within our price range is is Kevin Doyle, maybe we need to have a look at that price range. But again, you don't euros a week, fifty thousand yeah. euros a week. I'm sure we can get a decent striker from Europe, from Germany, for, for fifty thousand euros a week. Surely we must be able to. Bloody hell, Joe's gone into euros. He's that angry. Um, well, yeah, but if, if we're paying, paying parity money, forty thousand pound a week, that's apparently what, what what's going on at the club at the moment. Everyone's getting parity, forty grand a week, forty grand a week sterling. Then, you know, we it's fifty thousand euros. I don't I don't see why we shouldn't be. You know, what, what's this this fella from Cardiff? Is he sitting on his hands again? Has he, has he actually bought any players in for us? Oh, no, he's Mood, gone. Uh, Moody's gone, yeah. Can't keep exactly. up, Joe. Have a, have a little exactly. break. He did nothing. Yeah, that's my point there, Chris. Um, we lost our manager two weeks ago, and Warner's been here for a week, and we lost Moody. So we don't really necessarily have that great scouting department out there to pick up players at this short of a notice. I mean, the fact yeah. we brought in MacArthur and Friars, to me, is unbelievable in such a short amount of time. Probably, Patrick, probably more like, yes. Do we only have one scout then? Uh, actually, scouts all over the place. Come on, actually, mate. Actually, to jump in there, to jump in there, we did actually lose our chief scout to Brighton as well. Um, in okay. Tim Coe. Uh, that was relatively uh, well reported, but then got buried in a load of other news. Exactly, so. exactly. But yeah, so we actually lost quite a substantial part of our recruitment networks. That is a very valid point, Patrick. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and to, to think we can go out there and, and find a, a great player from Europe that no one's ever heard of is, is a little bit unrealistic. Again, we've got to take into account that we just got this, you know, Warnock in. And we also got, we got the January window coming up, you know, in three more months. So I'm sure between now and then, if it doesn't work out, we'll add players then. But I mean, to think we could have brought in six, seven players with the experience with, with no real good scouting is a little bit unrealistic, in my, in my opinion, anyway. Are you telling me we couldn't get, we can't get a, a, a French, German or an Italian striker from one of the European leagues to come and play in the Premier League for hey. 50 grand a week? Where's Joe, the where's the Joe, guarantee that work? Right, and Joe, last year we signed the left back from France. How'd that work out? Don't always fuck up, uh, always mess up, Patrick. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying. No, we we tried it last year. Where everybody made fun of the fact we brought in a guy no one ever heard of, and it didn't work out. A guy never got not even got in a 25 man squad. So I know what you're saying, Joe. I'm not disagreeing. With you. I'm just saying that it's difficult to to criticise Parish and Warnock based on one week of uh, turnaround time. When, you know, last year we had a lot more than that time and basically brought in a player that no one ever heard of and that window didn't really work out as well as we thought it was going to work out. So that's my only real but, point, really. But, but Warnock's been in foot. Oh, I know he's only been uh, a pundit, um, right. but Warnock must know what players are out there. Come on. He, he, he does, but there's football. obviously... Everyone knows the, the, the game at the moment, don't they? That You get to this point in the window, anyone who's trying to buy anyone in this point in the window is is... You know, there to have their money taken off of them, really. Exactly. So you've got to work so hard to get the right deals, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say that the people aren't worth. You know, it's not things that could be criticised about how the clubs ended up in this position. But having said that, every club seems to end up in this position every year. So you know, some people do get early deals done. We got early deals done. It's not like today's the only day of signings, but at the same time, we've got a position particularly up front where we obviously want to fill a gap here and we've struggled to do it. And and I know what Joe's saying and, and it's wrong to to suggest that he's not got, not got a very good point in the terms that you can look further afield. And I do right. think that, that that's well answered by you, Patrick, in that we've, we've been disrupted to the point where we probably haven't got enough information to be absolutely certain that this is a player that, that, that abroad there's a player that we actually want uh, or indeed that there's 
um, someone who wants to actually join us that fits in the wage structure is the right character and all those sorts of things we've got a really good group at the moment Neil Warnock's talked about us having a fantastic group of players not one bad apple amongst them um, and that's one of the big things that's in our favour so all these all these things you do have to think about when making signings and when you're making signings in such a high pressure environment as we've had to do well you know what what, what more can we possibly have done in, in a lot of ways um, I do, I do I dare say there is more we could have done um, but we won't really know that <laughs> we'll never that's, that's under the radar I've just heard that Man United have signed Spalcow yeah, that <laughs> <laughs> Someone should that. have said something. That's a that's a massive deal. Someone should have pointed that out ages ago. Really, I've never heard that one. What a, what a oh, great signing! Getting getting off. I've just I've just had a fellow called Ian Lyons who's who's just uh, tweeted me. He said I've just I just realised I live opposite you. <laughs> <laughs> that's that a good or bad thing? Oh, that's that great. Um, I, I don't know. He's the one that wheels things out of the road at 100 mile an hour every day. I might have to go and have a word. Ah, brilliant. Okay, well, there you go. That's the minute countdown to the transfer window slammed shut. Um, that's about all the enthusiasm I had left. <laughs> I just had my blood pressure monitors again. It was, you know, it was 168 over 104. Hang on a second. It's that's not a shut, apparently. That's it. No, it's not. There's one minute twenty-three according to Sky, unless my my feed is delayed. Tom, will you stop using your clock? Uh, it's the Sky clock. Is the only clock that counts. Start yeah, again. It's not closed yet. <laughs> Thirty-five. According to uh, Mark Whitson, uh, Lee Bowman's just put this in the chat. Wholeradio.net/slash/chat. I've just spoken to Neil Warnock. He told me that one deal that CPFC are trying to do is turning out to be. Uh, in inverted commas, complicated. <laughs> yeah, we don't say it. Yeah. This could be one of those, isn't it? Where we're still wondering what's going on after the window slams shut. And, um, yeah. yeah. So, at, uh, at five seconds. There it is. Window shut. So, the only confirmed signings as of window closing time are Zeki Friars. Or Zeke Fryers, or Zeke Fryers, who is a left back who we've signed uh, today and potentially could go right into the squad uh, for the game against Burnley. And we've also signed James MacArthur, a very highly rated midfielder, great passer of the ball, great engine, uh, being very influential for Wigan, um, certainly this season. Influential in their relegations. Yeah, well, he was he was a bit younger then, wasn't he? But um, very well thought of, very well regarded. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's not the end of the world. We've uh, we've got a couple of players, and who knows, more could be confirmed as late deals. And you know what you can do on the transfer window. You can get an extension. Um, you can get an extension for an additional hour if paperwork is submitted, you know, on the dot of eleven, if you like. So within the next hour, we could. In, we won't still be on for another hour. Don't worry. We we could well hear a bit more. Um, think obviously the club are quite. Uh, quite well not locked in talks it looks very unlikely in the position that we're in we'll be getting a chance to talk to Steve so we'll probably have to catch up with him again in the very near future instead but uh, the transfer it's, you're making a very good point there actually Patrick if you look at the transfer window as a whole it's not just Fryers it's not just MacArthur we also got Wilfred Zaha very very recently That's right. done. And before that we've also brought in Hangland we've brought in Kelly 
and uh, we brought in Fraser Campbell. So players have come in, squad is strengthened, and on the, the basis of the game against Newcastle, certainly looking good as an attacking force. If Neil Warnock can sort out the defence, then obviously we've got an awful lot to be positive about going into uh, going into the game against Burnley after the international break. We'll be taking a break ourselves during the course of that. Uh, so we'll be back in two weeks' time uh, on Sunday at 8pm as always are. Thank you for everyone that's joined us today. Uh, thank you to every co-presenter of mine who's joined today. It's been uh, it's been emotional. Um, I want to thank Nick's coffee machine as well while I can for that interesting yeah. earlier on. So um, do join us next Sunday at 8pm. We'll try and get a bit more of what's happened on this transfer window and we'll continue to tweet if there's any news. Thank you very much. Goodbye. <laughs> Well, hello, Chris is here. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.